0: My father told me when I was a child, people in authority lie. And we all, if we are going to continue to live in a democracy, we need to understand that people in authority lie. People in authority will abuse every power that we relinquish to them. And right now we are giving them the power to micromanage every bit of our lives 24 hours a day they're going to know where we are. they're going to know the money that we spend. They're going to have access to our children. they're going to have the right to f- f- compel unwanted medical interventions on us. We you know the Nazis did that in the camps in World War II, they tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. And the world was so horrified after the war uh, we signed the Nuremberg Charter. And we all pledge when we do that. We would never again impose unwanted medical interventions on human beings without informed consent. And yet in two years, all of that conviction has suddenly disappeared. And people are walking around in mass where the science has not been explained to them. They are, they are doing what they're told, They are orchestra- these, these government agencies are orchestrating obedience, and it is not democratic. It's not the product of democracy. It's the product of a pharmaceutical-driven biosecurity agenda that will enslave the entire human race and plunge us into a dystopian nightmare where the apocalyptic forces of ignorance and greed will be running our lives and ruining our children and destroying all the dreams and dignity that we hope to
1: give to our children.
2: Saturday, November 12th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Well, the show's pretty simple today. It's exactly what it says in the title. If you thought the COVID jab was dangerous, you were right. Peer-reviewed science and experts reveal, which we've been seeing this entire time. Now, for some reason, I just felt that was necessary today. There's been 15 different points along this process. We could have been like, you know, we won or that, you know, this is over by now. or you know, The point is, I've said this a couple of times where whether or not that's the case, and I, it is. Let's put it that way. The information is very clear. They'll never they you know, the, the people in power will never admit that they will do everything they can to avoid accountability because that's what people in power do. It's exactly what RFK Jr. is telling us right there. People in power lie. This is the reality. And, you know, it shouldn't even be something that's, you know, offensive to you. I mean, it, it should it is. And these people should be accountable, but it's so commonplace. And so the norm in any political situation, even amongst their own conversations, that it's kind of interesting and almost uh, clownish that we would act like it's something that you'd be shocked by. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. How dare you suggest that they would lie. you know, it's, it's just obvious. And so we need to rectify that clear understanding about what politics truly is with what we're experiencing today. And the fact that it will never, ever stop if we continue to pretend that there's a debate ongoing at this point. When, I mean, think about it, the idea that, you know, trust the science, right? That, that's, that's what we're talking to, trust the science, right? That's the mantra. Okay, well, then we get... Pfft one, two, three, four, 10, 20, 30 peer-reviewed science studies that all challenge the narrative and then we just they just keep going. Trust the science though, because we are the science. So my point is, if it was trust the science, well when the science tilted in one direction, that should have been the stop of the push. It wasn't though, because collectively the peoples didn't make that happen. They will always keep inching forward if we allow that to be the case. As always, I'm never advocating violence. I don't believe that's the path forward. But it's up for each of you to decide what you want to do with what's in front of you and what you're dealing with. So today we're going to go through the additional information. Like really, this show is for all of you that have been following this the entire time. And really for anybody else, really. The point is that these data points alone don't justify that. Well, I shouldn't even say that. Let's be clear. The data is what I'm going to show you just today. The new information, the new studies alone should be enough to stop what's happening. But my point is that the picture, the full picture and all the data that we've covered and, and aggregated over this process is just, this is 0.1% of it. So it is for those that are new to the channel or just found, the the information is overwhelming. Please go through all the peer-reviewed data we've gone through over the last two plus years. But today... We're just going to continue to nail this down and make it very, very obvious that this is a problem. These things are dangerous, not safe for anybody. There's not a benefit to anybody. Now, let's not discuss whether there's some kind of clinical response. The point is, does that small clinical response that we're going to get into right to start today, that they're now telling you that the third shot actually increases your risk? Shocking. You've been hearing this the entire time. The point is that when you balance it with all of the terrible things it is doing, that they're provably happening to people, blood blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, spells, palsy, as always, just go on and on and on. Even if you argue there's a clinical response that's beneficial to what they claim is circulating, it does not outweigh the problems. And that's safe and effective. The benefits outweigh the risks. All the same mantras are literally the opposite of what we're now seeing. And I mean literally, actually using it correctly. But we're going to go through that today and talk about a a a Miami Herald article. And the study they're discussing, the title is literally COVID booster, may lower protection against Omicron reinfection. So now it does the exact opposite of what it... So what is the positive? How is this thing still something that succeeded, if that's what we're now saying? Well, they're only talking about the third one. Apparently the first two, which by the way, until the bivalent, were the same exact thing, let's to be clear. But apparently when you take the third version of the same thing, it does something totally different. Does that make sense? (laughs) I mean, there are differences you can argue based on how your body has changed since then. But the idea that it suddenly does the opposite of what they claim, but the first ones do do, it's just ridiculous. And this is what people, why so many experts are beginning to stand up and point this out. We're going to talk about, I think that Jay Bhattacharya in in a uh, governmental setting calling this stuff out and openly pointing out what we should always know, which is the combination of both sides of this. Right? how they altered the definition of herd immunity to make sure that it was only vaccines, injections... While they knew that it didn't stop transmission, or at the very least, while they made sure they never looked in to find out, I think it's clear, and I'll get into it when we talk about it, that they did know based on the fact that it the reason they didn't look into it and then how it very quickly was shown to not, and they just kept covering it up until they were forced to admit it. At the very least, in 2021, they were aware of that and still continue to this day to push the idea that transmission is being stopped. I mean, that conversation is still going, by the way despite everything. We just had a revelation that they admitted it, and yet it's still being argued all over the place, despite the fact that we knew that in 2020, if you watch this channel and cover people that were looking at the documentation. But those two things can't exist in the same reality unless they're lying to you. But we know this now. This is my point. You were right. And it's all coming out, whether or not that's clear to some people or everybody. People like Dr. Peter Doshi raising questions about not where we are now, but pointing all the way back to the trial data and going, we knew then the data that they released or rather tried not to release, which again is wildly obvious, he says shows very obvious signal increases of serious adverse events of uh, adverse events. I mean, this is the, it, I believe he is now or was very recently. Only reason I say that is because I thought there was a moment where he was going to leave, but he was the, che- uh, the senior ex- uh, editor of the British medical journal. The guy's wildly, very highly regarded. The point is, this is challenging everything. It's coming out left and right. Dr. Yeadon, Dr. uh, Gert Vandenbosch, I mean, it's it's endless. Then we're going to talk about myocarditis. And again, the follow-up to that, just so it's clear how real this problem is, and it's just, I guess their best argument is it's not as bad as it looks, (laughs) but now you're forced to do it. Fake it, or else you can't go to school. It's really, really disconcerting. Excess death, obviously, we're going to get into, and how that overlaps with the same point. And then a little flu overlap on where I think that's ultimately going. And then to end, we'll talk about some lockdown realities and what that is. And by the, by the way, knowing, proving as like with everything else, that these were not just the wrong choice, but in fact, the exact, like if you wanted to do the most damage you could possibly, that's the choice to make. And you know, there's the piss. of the point is the data was already there, just like with the masks to some degree, not as profound and not as obvious, but they knew that it wasn't as, even Iran spoke up in the beginning and said, really, that's kind of archaic, Iran. <laughs> and they did it anyway. And even Iran ended up doing it. The point is it hurt people. And spoiler alert, talk about it at the end, we're continuing with that. As the country, we're talking with the United States, even Biden is now extending the emergency. And we'll make us, I'll make sure to point out that we have multiple emergencies that were extended. Did you realize they just extended the monkeypox emergency because of the ongoing effects of monkeypox? Yeah, that just happened. Nobody talked about it, of course. Do you see the ongoing effects of monkeypox? We hadn't even talked about that in the, in the media for a week. But we sure as hell extended the national emergency, which opens all sorts of funding, and on and on and on. I digress. Let's start the show today. I want to start off by pointing out something I think is really interesting. That I, Right before I went live, by the way, I saw this. Not that this matters. Not that we aren't all aware that censorship is constant and everywhere. But at the time right now, with what we now know, they are still censoring on these lines. Even Twitter, by the way, Set, this is this is one of the other pirate channels I'm using, Vagabond Censored. It says, fail to post to Facebook. This is a live stream. Here's what Facebook said. Quote, you recently posted something that violates Facebook pro- policies. It could only have been one of the shows because I don't, I, don't, I don't engage at all on garbage Facebook except for auto-posting the show. So they are taking issue with provable peer-reviewed science just like always, by the way, temporarily blocked from using this feature, which is basically means I was reaching people again on on Facebook, and so they don't want me to be able to live stream on Facebook. Cowards. Absolute children and cowards. To keep from getting blocked again, please make sure you read, understand, blah, 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 blah. I just think that's hilarious to start the show off, but let's get right into it. COVID booster, according to the Miami Herald, may lower protection against Omicron reinfection study finds, which, by the way, this is like the only outlet I could find talking about this. At least when I looked at it yesterday, maybe there's more today. The point is, what's interesting is that wouldn't that be gigantic news? Yes. If you were actually engaged with trying to inform your readers, this would be very important to point out. But not not everybody else, apparently, because it's only good, only information we want to share about these dangerous things or things that lie about how successful they are. That's it. That's all that's happening today. The COVID-19 booster, specifically a third vaccine dose, may lower protection against getting infected with the Omicron variant, again, for some people. And there's a reason why, new findings suggest. Now, this, here the preprint is right here. And again, it's a preprint. Right out of the gate, it simply says, history of primary series vaccination enhanced immune protection against Omicron reinfection. So they're saying, well, two shots. But it, By the way, <laughs> look into this study. It is so embarrassing how... Enhanced immune protection. What, 0.01%? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious. My point is that they just run with the idea. Did it get any better? Did it increase it at all? Then success! It worked! There was an immune response. Didn't Fauci tell you? Okay, well, was it enough to make a difference? Yeah. <laughs> okay, did it make the right antibodies? Well, I, I, I don't know. Okay, well then, what are we talking about? I mean, I'm joking, but that's the true answer we get. We have no correlation between the response and protection i mean that that's the fda saying that right they do not have a correlative of protection between that information and whether or not you're actually safe so how is that possible and then can you repeat the the second question
1: i do i mean obviously you have a lot of data now what is your Correlative of protection is
3: everybody's measuring anybody's they're probably relevant but as we know that's, that's a long question we need a quick answer
4: <laughs> i would say there is no established correlate of protection
2: pretty clear now of course the people that will want to be like well oh, who is she and what's it from and i well, that must have been or there's an ad at insert whatever makes you be able to dismiss it kind of thing right now, you can ask questions, but realize it's very easy. We did the entire show. We talked about it all. That's the FDA during one of the meetings about when they were going to approve it for children. And they just simply said, we don't even know. We'd have no idea is what that answer was. We see a response. It's making stuff happen and stuff that if the right things would be good, antibodies. But then we have to ask if it is the right antibodies. They, they, we don't know. And then we have to ask if if that's even what we're currently dealing with. Or are you just pumping out some kind of response to whatever genetic code China gave us in the beginning of all this? Which, again, was the during Trump's administration, when apparently China, bad guy, but will happily accept the genetic code given to Moderna and make vaccines within a week. That all happened. It's all an illusion. Bad guy China and Trump fighting. It's all part of the game, guys. And the reality is that this is still happening. So here we are with an enhanced immune protection. I, my point was go in the study and find for yourself that it's meaningless, especially when you talk about the breakdown of the information. But anyway, the point is they're saying you get two shots. You have enough. You, you, it's enhanced to some degree. But history of a booster vaccination on top of that somehow compromised everything. Compromised protection against Omicron reinfection. But now the, there's more nuance to this, of course, outside of the conclusion. The point is that if you got sick during that process, the, the whole uh, antibody-dependent enhancement, molecular mimicry concept, I would argue, that so if you already have, well, there's two things to talk about. We saw very clearly through peer-reviewed science all through this process that if you got in some kind of an infection with COVID-19 or whatever we're talking about, you got, you got, you got it, you recovered, then got the vaccine, that was actually shown to be quite dangerous for a lot of people. That you already had natural immunity and the injection only caused problems. In fact, what they even later did was point at the residual natural immunity and argue "Well, see it's even better if you get the injection on top of natural immunity, even though you can compare it to somebody with just natural immunity. And it's far worse. All this was talked about. So that clearly shows you all you're doing is piggybacking on the natural immunity and going, look, it's good. But the one who had no injection is exponentially better. So the point here is that we're talking about a third shot that they say compromised your protection. But if you had gotten sick first and then got it, that's kind of the crux of the issue. So I think what we're watching is exactly what the peer-reviewed science found in the beginning. That your injection, however you look at it, especially after having natural immunity, is just a, simply a problem for the body. Then even more so, you get it first and then come across it. That's when the antibody-dependent enhancement can happen. And all this is being seen. Remember, a peer-reviewed study in December 2020 said that they should... Everybody should be told of the risk of antibody-dependent enhancement with the COVID injections. Otherwise, they're not meeting informed consent. I can grab it right there. It's amazing to me that these things are still public. December 2020, and it was unequivocal. You guys know this. I'm repeating myself for the 50th time for you people that watch this show regularly. But the idea is it's it's unequivocal. Not the possible continued, you know, in, investigation. No, this specific and significant COVID-19 risk of antibody-dependent enhancement, meaning you get the injection, then get sick with COVID-19 or whatever they're talking about, and that causes an even worse problem. That should be prominently and independently disclosed, otherwise, or in order to meet informed consent. None that that happened. So therefore, based on peer-reviewed science from NIH National Library of Medicine, which we're supposed to trust, right, according to them, We've never met informed consent since December 2020. Well, again, that's prob- that's absolutely correct. Here we are. Back to the point of this. So it says, uh, oh, did I, that's weird. Was that right there? Yeah. In contrast, so it basically says a COVID booster, specifically a third dose, may lower protection against getting infected. And there's a reason why. In contrast, two vaccine doses followed by initial Omicron may protect you more against the second Omicron infection than an extra jab. It's just it's like it's like you're bending over backwards to try to find a positive within this obviously broken context. Right. How about you just don't do these things? How about you realize that you've all admitted this is less than the flu and don't deal with the things that cause 50,000 possible side effects? I mean, it's just it's at, these people have bought in so hard that they just aren't willing to acknowledge that it may not actually be what they thought it was. That's the people that are still lost. Everybody else, I argue, is willfully lying because they're probably either trying to cover up their criminality accountability, or just don't want to admit they're wrong. Quote, if you got infected with Omicron at any time, a third vaccine dose actually doubles your risk of reinfection. Let me say that again. This is according to the experts. If you got infected with Omicron at any time, a third dose of, by the way, the same thing of the first two, doubles your risk of reinfection. Now, that's just what they're saying in a general sense. That's not even including the 50% increased risk of infection with any of these shots for the first seven days, which they've all admitted to, they just go, well, but it goes back down afterward. Okay, fine. So for the first week, you're 50% increasing your risk of general illness, and then you exclude anything that happens in that first 14-day period. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a problem, does it? But it says, oh, and then on top of that, after three months, again, it goes up dramatically. Those two things are on, on top of what they're pointing out here. This is Dr. Daniel Focosi who specializes in hematology and works at Pisa University Hospital in Italy. She wrote on Twitter, amazing immune imprinting at work. Now, immune imprinting is what they're talking about here. The study points to immune imprinting as the reason why, quote, three dose vaccination was associated with reduced protection compared to that two doses. Now, Gert van den which I'll point that in a minute. I think I've got it right here. Just talked about this very clearly. Now I'm skeptical of anybody that comes from a mainstream discussion, right? But what's interesting to me is that he said this a long time ago, and he's talking about immune escape, right? And the over whether the and these are different things, but the point is to make that either way you look at this, the injected are causing the variants. That's 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 again if that's what's happening. Now you know people may hate that I do that. I just understand that I'm willing to question this stuff, but I say that first because that's what seems to make the most sense to me. But I am well aware of the fact that. All of this could be a manipulation. On top of that, it may not even be what we're pointing at. It could be the flu and so on. And those are valid points that I just simply argue haven't been fleshed out enough to be definitive one way or the other, right? That's what. That's why we need to be okay saying, I don't know, because I think these things are still in the air, despite how even my audience goes, come on, it's there, right? I get it. We just disagree, Like right? Talking about things like the graphene oxide when that first happened, I still argue that there's a lot up in the air in that conversation, despite some pretty definitive things or there's clearly something going on there. I just don't know if we can pinpoint it there and things like that bother some people in the audience because they've already decided that it's absolute. And I could be wrong. The point is to be objective. That's why I call it irritatingly objective. But the point is that this is based on the reality of these conversations. It's pretty obvious that the only thing that could be causing these variants are the people that are causing these two immune escape and uh, what the, The idea of immune imprinting because realize if these people are taking these injections and getting sick on top of that and spreading it even more, that is exactly like verbatim definition of what they said would cause these variants. But they just argued in the beginning that it would be the unvaccinated doing that. (laughs) Oops, turned out the other way, right? I I was actually going to come back to this, but this is just (laughs) nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room. The unvaccinated aren't dying. Now, that's not from anything. Obviously, people still die in every possible way. The point is that it's pretty, it's long since been quietly put to the side the pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? Put to the side that, you know, most everyone that's going to be dying, as Biden just said, are people that aren't up to date. They wouldn't say it like that. I mean, I, I could guess all day, but the bottom line is, guys, there is not, there's a huge, what, 20 plus percent of people that have never gotten anything. If that's even correct, I think it's more than that, probably. That's a gigantic grouping of people. If I promise you there are people going out of their way to try to find the evidence that they're all collapsing everywhere. It's not happening. It's just not. Look at all where all the high-level politicians and high-level Republican pundits and everybody that they would love to go, ha-ha, see, they didn't listen, and they're all getting sick. I sure as hell see an endless procession of left-leaning Democrat politicians collapsing in that regard. Isn't that telling? Nobody wants, not even the Republicans are talking about that from the political perspective. Why not? Because they're also kind of pro-vaccine, even even Trump, in a lot of interesting ways. The very least, not acknowledging the danger here. Back to the point. The study points to immune imprinting as the reason why three-dose vaccination was associated with reduced instead of the two. It says, Fortune explains, the the magazine, it is a, quote, phenomenon in which an initial exposure to a virus, the first time. Say the original strain of COVID, which is an interesting point that they point all the way back to the beginning by infection or vaccination. So apparently, either way, which you now I'll leave uh, there's a point you could make there, but it says limits a person's future immune response against new variants. Now, this is really interesting to think about. How does that really make sense? Now, I'm not I'm not the expert when it comes to this kind of. But the bottom line is, if you're if you get sick the first time. The argument they're essentially making is that limits, I would argue, like, it even interesting to just say limits. I would say it can or could limit. They just say it limits a person's future immune response. But doesn't that challenge the entire concept of how va- uh, immunity is supposed to work? You get sick and you pr- you produce immunity to these things. Now, historically speaking, things can change, you know, variants and so on. But as people like Dr. Yeadon's pointed out, 99.999% of the time, they're samians. There's one very small change. And what we're seeing today is they just hype the... I mean, when's the last time we heard something about more deadly? Oh, more transmissive, more spreads quickly. And it's less than the flu, increasingly more so. That means it's not dangerous. They just keep hyping the fact that it's jumping from person. It's catching. Well, so is a lot of other things we're not talking about, but they're not killing people. This is all hype. So if if you're telling me that getting sick... Limits my future response against new variants. Well, that only really makes sense in the concept that like, because of what this is doing, it's causing so many rapid changes that that's for everybody. I just don't see how that concept makes sense. That should argue that you should be more protected. And understand the the science around natural immunity. You can look at literally any platform right now. Nature, science.org. I mean, all of them. JCP, all, all of the large... Peer-reviewed science platforms have, made, have published countless articles saying natural immunity to this is lasting and durable and robust. And the one important one I keep pointing out says that it continues to make very uh, durable and robust antibodies and immune response to variants of concern. It went all the way to Omicron. We're still there. So how do you con- how do you confl- how do you make sense of that with this? The only difference is the injection. You remove the injection from the situation and it seems to be okay. The injection being inserted, well, there's all sorts of problems and caveats. And so, and there you go. That's the obvious reality. Now it says the study found that when looking at participants who had received three vaccine doses and had also been previously infected with an Omicron subvariant, they experienced more reinfections than participants who had only gotten two. Same kind of point. But the bottom line is there's only, this is the body continuing to basically deconstruct in my opinion. Because there's no difference. You're taking the same shot more than once. And the only difference is, again, if you had just gotten the, the sickness, you would have produced immunity of antibodies, memory B, T cell, like the vaccine doesn't, and continued to make antibodies when necessary against variants of concern. Quote, it says, the finding suggests that the immune response against the primary Omicron infection was compromised by differential immune imprinting in those who received a third booster dose. Now, the last point I should have made before, too, is that at the very least, even if everything they're saying is true, and yes, you know, two, two was outstanding and it saved everybody, but three, oh, I don't know. Even if that's the reality, doesn't that show you, and, and there's more points to make at the end here, that they pushed the next one anyway? And the question should be why. Because there's numerous studies that found this is exactly what would happen, and they went forward anyway. Well, if two was saving everybody, why did we need a third? The point is, these things are failing. They're hurting people's bodies, and they have no other choice. Because if left with just the two, they would eventually start exploding with problems like everybody else. And they are anyway, by the way. But what's interesting to me is that they have to they, they have to focus in on that point. The reality here is that this thing is, old, is just a ticking time bomb like plenty of the rest of them have made clear. They're just hiding from that. They're running from that. A prior study says that that examined immune imprinting and updating COVID vaccines hypothesized repeatedly updating the shots, quote, might not fully be fully effective due to the limitations that immune imprinting can present. Was that last month? Did it just come out? No, that was November 2021, a year ago. So they read that. And they go, ah, whatever. We're going to make boosters because we need to make money or because we want these injections in people's arms or because of some whatever agenda is happening. Clearly, they don't care about what's safe or whether it's going to help people because that's not the only one. There was four studies, as far as I can tell, that all said the same thing. If you keep making boosters, you're going to hurt people. It's not going to work. It might not be fully effective. And they all did it anyway. What does that tell you? It's not hard to see published in November 2021 in the journal Trends in Immunology and appears in the National Library of Medicine Online. They knew about that. Now, it says the preprint study comes two months after the FDA authorized new boosters, the bivalent, which apparently at most 7% of the population is touched, meaning it's they're failing. And that shows you that even the people that were forced and tricked and trusted them, all in a big group now on the side of taking something, have pushed back and said no, thank you. But usually, I would argue, or I would say mostly because they have had their own effects. It's it's quite alarming. Actually, I was going to jump ahead really quickly. The point that I wanted to share, just based on me saying that right now, which I think is really interesting. Check this out. So, as I say that, right, the reality is that most people have had to have dealt with this. Like the, the cover up, the biggest problem, the biggest cover up is the fact that. I would argue this is ubiquitous. I mean, this is literally everywhere. Like, for instance, there's this discussion about Canadian doctors and this focus on them, which I, I don't doesn't shock me, it doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's absolutely true. I think there's an obvious problem you can see when you focus on them, but I would argue it's kind of forest from the trees. I bet you it's literally any group. How about you focus on the nurses of Canadian doctors and find the same problem? How about you focus on literally any group or subgroup and just do a study on what they're dealing with? And you'll find that most of them have dealt with or know someone who's dealt with a dramatic and serious problem after the injection. They're just hiding this from you guys. Check this out. This is a video that is, again, it's, it's a little bit out of, I mean, it's, it's one area and one meeting. So it shouldn't be used to just say, look here, everybody's dealing with this, but believe me, or I shouldn't even say it like that. Do your own research and realize, my opinion is, this is everywhere. And you can back this up by just simply asking groups, asking what they're dealing with and seeing for themselves. Check this out. How
5: many people here, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something, you have to think on this one. If you know one person and you just put one hand up.
2: If you know more than one, put
5: two hands up. They're
2: talking about people that have had vaccine injury. Oh.
5: Keep on. We we need to send a very clear message to Bonnie
2: Henry. I mean guys, it doesn't even matter if this is you know, like speaking about vaccine awareness or the injuries. Like the point is that th- this is just a grouping of people. I you could take any select group and the idea that it is almost everybody. I see maybe five or six people with no hands up. Most of them have two hands up. Now, yeah, of course, they, they could be lying and so on. So take it, take, for, take it for yourself. But my point is, this is everywhere. And anybody who's willing to speak on it is going to be honest about the fact that they know somebody who has had a really serious problem here. And that's why their people, even the ones on their side, in whatever that means, aren't taking the next one. This is plainly obvious. You were right. People see it. The media is doing its job right now by hiding that fact. Because that's what they do. Obfuscate. Now, it says in regards to, oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I say in regards to immune imprinting, Medical News Today reports that, quote, in the ways in which our immune systems have been exposed to SARS-CoV-2 markers are myriad, many, many different ways they've been exposed, noting how people have received different vaccine formulations and have been infected with different COVID-19 subvariants. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. What do you think? Yeah, maybe the intentional lack of coordination with this effort, you know, sort of like having different cycle thresholds. I mean, literally everything from county to county. There were different arguments about how things were being tracked and monitored. And that was not by accident. I mean, they will. F- they, the, the government, especially the United States government, will go out of its way to be meticulous about the smallest things. But, of course, in this massive g- agenda, it's just left to every individuals. You can use whatever mask you want. And there's no regulations on how they're made. I mean, this stuff was wildly out of control, right out of the gate despite their many and varied preparative exercises, right? guess they didn't listen to their own advice. I think that was the point about not doing what they said they needed to do. The point is, like you said again, many different people, let's just take just this country, by the way. But if you take the world, it gets even more obvious. People around this country received different vaccines with different formulations, all with different variants and sub-variants and different... This is the reality. And at that point, it was less... Uh, of of a severe difference i guess if you're taking this at face value regardless though assuming that is the reality how is that not a perfect recipe on top of everything else to create this perfect i guess petri dish of this exact problem i just think that's ridiculous but it says quote all those things push and pull your immune repertoire your antibodies and things in different directions and make you respond differently to the next vaccine that comes along So that's what's called immune imprinting. Now, here's the interesting part about it. You're taking the same exact shot. And so your body acts differently to that shot. Are we really pretending that's the vaccine or something different? It's your body. Your body is being destroyed. Your immune system is being broken. That's what's happening. And of course, this is Imperial College of London speaking up. Now, here's my point before you can read these as well. There's two published studies before this on top of the one we just talked about. All finding exactly what now is happening. That immune imprinting was going to be a reason these boosters didn't work, if they keep making them. This one from Harvard, published on October 25th, concluded that immune imprinting may pose a greater challenge than currently. All this stuff was out there. As of November 3rd, more than 22 million people, they claim about 7% of the population, have gotten the new injection. How do you not see what a win that is? Meanwhile, nearly 227 million people have completed their primary series of either one or two doses. The CDC still, as of right now, recommends everybody get the new injection. Still, right now, if you can actually believe that, because this is what they're all about. Trust the science doesn't play a factor. Ignore the science is more likely. Here's the, oh, we already read through this, the study itself. History of a booster com- compromises your production. Okay, so... All the other previous stuff aside, why are they pushing the booster then? This is right there. They know this. All the evidence is there, and they're still recommending it. Why? How does that not wake people up? Shouldn't we at the very least go, whoa, whoa, pause for a minute. Let's figure out why. So these injections are doubling people's risk, and they're still making them do it for colleges, for schools. Again, how in the world does somebody make sense of that who doesn't believe what we're saying? It's happening. It's very clear. Here is uh, the high wire covering the, as they wrote, the, the, the booster boondoggle, I believe. Yeah. The bivalent booster boondoggle. Here's their, their little clip about it. And it just, it just shows you that people are the the supposed people that are on their side are, are obviously aware of the problem. And so we're apparently being led right now by very vocal people in the media. that just don't want to admit they're wrong. And a very small select grouping of people that are either unaware they're wrong in the population or invested for some reason or another. Everybody else is aware of this. And it's that's evidenced by the 7% number and everything else we're talking about.
3: 10 spends billions on shots nobody wants. And it says in here, in this article, uh, since COVID shots first became available, the federal government has purchased and distributed them instead of relying on the market to match supply with demand. The result has been a colossal waste. Between December 2020 and mid-May 2022, the U.S. wasted 82.1 million doses. Some expired on pharmacy shelves before they could be used. Others were discarded after remaining unclaimed in opened multi-dose
2: vials. Now, what's important to point out is that this was forced because of the the contracts with these authoritarian pharmaceutical companies. I'm sure the U.S. government was happy to go along with this. You know how much money that is? It could have been used. 182 million eighty two million dollars or excuse me, 82 million doses. I forget, what is the cost per shot now? I mean, think about what that could have done for American families. You know, instead of giving them something that's going to destroy their health, how about you give them something that would allow them to feed their family at a time when you already destroyed that infrastructure? You know, this is ridiculous. There's so many ways this money is spent as it's at they're acting like it's for your benefit when it's actually doing all the opposite. And it's not even what Americans would have wanted or voted for. But we live in a democracy, right? Which, again, mob rule is the opposite of what we should actually want and what this country was truly founded upon. But that's what they pretend we, we are all about, right? A republic is what we should actually be talking about with different conversation. I was going to get into some polit- political stuff and all sorts of other things. I'll, I'll talk about that tomorrow, most likely. I just wanted to focus on this today.
3: But now we talk about what's happening right now. The Biden administration, it says, announced on September 8th that it had secured 170 million of the updated doses. It is still looking for an additional $22 billion from
2: Congress to buy more. To buy more. As we're not taking it because they have to. And that still comes out of your pocket. So, Dell, when your
3: government becomes the biggest purchaser of vaccines because there is no free market for it and they need to distribute them... And distribution isn't going too good. What does it look like when they need to market this? Take a look.
6: All right. And we're here with a simple message. Get vaccinated. <laughs> Update your vaccine, your COVID vaccine. It's incredibly effective. But the truth is, not wow. enough people are getting it.
2: Uh, and we're seeing st- see, he's still just towing the old, tired, provably false arguments. Like, right, so... The only way that statement makes sense is it, because if not enough, we didn't get it. Not enough. He's pointing at the unvaccinated. So apparently, eighty percent is not enough, even though they claim seventy was the goal to begin with. But you know, moving goalposts. Who cares, right? But it doesn't stop transmission. So why would that even matter? And there you go. It they're playing on the ignorance of the very small grouping of people they're still trying to influence, because everybody else is kind of aware all of a sudden. If it doesn't stop transmission, which they've already been forced to admit, then there's no possible way it can reach or achieve herd immunity. Simple as that. But they just keep lying about it, though. Who are they even lying to? 7% of people, apparently. We've got to change that. And if you're fully vaccinated, get one more COVID shot. But wait a minute. Is fully vaccinated two? That's all you need. So they want you to get two and then the booster. So the the, the bivalent shot. So those that got two and a third and a fourth are just as good as people that got two, right? Because that don't make sense, right? <laughs> just don't even think too hard into it. Once a year. That's it. Oh, once a year. Great. I, let me play that again. Just so I didn't, I didn't, I, 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 just, I can't even believe you said that. COVID shot.
6: And if you're fully vaccinated, get one more COVID shot.
2: Once a year. That's it. So does that mean three shots a year? Or or one shot? Well, they already told you it's every six months at the minimum. So he, I mean, he's, I mean, he's not even made, matching what they're saying. Either way, they're telling you this is forever, forever. So next year you're gonna have to get the next one, right? Because that makes sense. Just wait till we get to the end about the the state of emergency. It proves to you this is never going to end. It's about the continued consequences, and that will mean whatever they want it to mean. We're still dealing with the continued consequences of the opioid crisis and the continued consequences of monkeypox, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just about money. It's about control. It's about maintaining the multiple states of emergency to keep you in check. Now, some high-risk people,
6: as, as, such as elderly and immunocompromised, may need more than one COVID shot.
2: But for most Americans... Yeah, and those are the people still that they don't know if it's safe for. Immunocompromised. It says it right in their documentation. We don't know if it's safe. Like pregnant women... Right. Like elderly people, long term side effects. No, don't know any of that, though. But Biden said so. Just do it because he's smart. Right. There's one COVID shot each year will be all they need. And if you get it, you're protected. Nope. And if you don't. You're... What does that mean? What does that mean? You're protected. Did he just did he just imply that it stops transmission again? Again? Seriously? How is this even possible? Like, who are these people talking to? Everybody saw the conversation. It went viral. And yet they're just coming out with the same old garbage. Like, do these people want to end up in prison? I mean, seriously, what is actually happening when you can come out and make that argument? Everything is showing, I mean, look, again, can taking, I mean, I'm missing the whole point here. We're talking about the booster, right? We just went over how the booster is showing that you have a doubled, you are doubling your chance of reinfection. Doubling. And yet he's out here going, take the, take the booster. It will, it will protect you. And trust the science, apparently, because who cares? We'll just juggle all three things that make no sense together. Why not? Putting yourself and other
6: people on necessary risk. The shot is free. It's widely available
2: and conveniently located. It's not free. You're paying for it. You just don't realize that until, you know, whatever, tax, whatever. It's coming out of your pocket. These people don't have money unless it comes out of your pocket. Simple as that.
6: Just in time for the holiday season. Some are offering coupons when people get their updated COVID shots. Get the shot. <laughs> Five, 10, $20 off of your drugstore grocery
2: purchase next oh or grocery God. purchase. And, and now they're abusing the fact that people are food insecure. Yeah, here's a discount. How about the fact that you give these people can't feed themselves and you're going to give them a 20% discount if they get a dangerous shot? Think about how gross that is like really disgustingly abusive.
6: Next time, at the same time, you get the shot.
2: I mean, <laughs> I don't know what a
7: president has ever had to go out on QVC and try and sell something. that
2: Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, he's out there hawking shots, right? Now, we're going to get to a point in a minute about how they're trying to transition this back into the hands of, like, it's just, I think they're trying to juggle accountability here. And it's just very, very obvious. Now, the point on top of what we just said, as I said before, is Gert Vandenbosch continues to argue that this is entirely due to the vaccinated forcing immune escape by using poorly, uh, intentionally poor, probably designed jabs. The point here is that he's been saying this long before even the bivalent. He said this back in booster territory and said, if we keep using these boosters, it's only going to make this worse. Then he said the bivalent will just be a, ca- a slaughter. That was That's my word. But the same kind of point. He made this very clear. Back up, and this is backed up by his ex- expertise in peer-reviewed science. Now, let me have to believe him. He could be lying about the question, everything. The point is that he does have the background. And yet, they just disregard what he says. The point here, guys, is that we can prove, and I have from the very beginning. You could talk about the correlation of the vaccination and the explosion of variants and the variants that somehow magically didn't happen during 2020 when everybody is getting sick, they claim, but didn't have the vaccine, which is exactly what they say is supposed to cause the variant. It's all magic, though, right? That, along with the fact that we talk about the leaky vaccine makeup, which is exactly what they claim this is, meaning you can get sick and start, you transmit, but you you don't, they, they claim it's supposed to reduce the illness, but that's not counting the, the adverse events that happen afterward. But the point is they're getting sick and they're still spreading it. That it and, then they, and then they have something the thing has to work around. I mean, this is a literally like verbatim recipe for how to create these variants. And there's plenty of documentation, articles, peer reviewed science from pre-COVID talking about leaky vaccines. It's proven. So all they're gonna do now is just hide that fact as it explodes and keep blaming, I mean, without even saying it apparently, the unvaccinated. But check this out, guys. This is what they're saying now. Like, just like we knew would happen. The new thing is here. It's a new strain, more aggressive than ever before, it says. And what does that mean? Well, it means it's more transmissible, of course. Because none of it's going to kill you. Most of the stuff's barely even going to give you sniffles, but it spreads like crazy. And we can't allow that because it could one day in the future morph into something that could be dangerous. Oh, therefore, everybody locked down now immediately because of the cold. Makes sense, right? (laughs) Why why not do it now, right? Why enjoy freedom for 20 years until it gets bad instead of just locking down now just in case, right? Because that's science. It's not. (laughs) This is worst case assessment out uh, overbalancing logic. Uh, What was the statement they made? The balanced risk assessment. That's what it was, right? That's the WHO writing about this in 2011. The worst case scenarios are leading these people instead of balanced risk assessment. And that is a choice to deceive you. COVID cases are on the rise right here in Southern Nevada. The Nevada Department of Health and Human Services reports a 42% increase in cases. Reporter cases, 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 the case-demic. Remember, in the beginning, it was death. And then they just, some point along the line, just kind of stopped talking about it. You know why? Because it wasn't there anymore. Wouldn't that be the story? It's over, we did it, no one's dying, except, nope, that's not the point. Let's just hype the cases, even as they just said, even after Delta, it was one one thousandth of the risk to children. But we're still going to hype the fear, the fear of the unknown, because that's all they got.
8: Abel Garcia speaks with one valley woman who just recovered from COVID, and she says it's one of the worst
2: illnesses she's ever had. Right. And it's a PCR test, so it could be literally anything. Now, my point, as always, the one thing, of course, they never ask, right? Have you ever experienced a severe illness like this before in your life? No. OK, well, then how do you know? Right. Could it have just been a severe flu? Yes, because you never had that before. I ask this for a lot of people, right? When they say, oh, I definitely had something that was really different than I'd never thought before. Okay, so maybe it was. Maybe. I always think of that. But then I ask that same question. When's the last time you had a life-threatening case of the flu? Which does happen, right? They exist. They argue people, thousands of people go to the hospital and thousands die every year. Whether it's pneumonia or flu is an earlier point we've made a lot. Regardless of that, the point is that people are just a pneumonia. People do get life-threatening cases of pneumonia, but raise your hand in the chat. Has it, who's, who in the chat has had a life-threatening case of flu or pneumonia? It's probably not most of you. So my point would be that you don't know what that feels like. So in a situation where they're telling you there's a problem, be afraid. There's a really deadly, dangerous thing everywhere. You're in your mind are going to think, is this it? I have the sniffles. I can't smell right. Maybe that's it. And, and that, that's how it starts. And the point is, if you are one of the unlucky ones that find yourself in a position where you have a life threatening case of something, You've never felt that before, have you? So you're then going to go, this must be COVID. Now, again, I'm, it could be. My point is that you can see how that mindset can work. Then you've got an entire country. Let's just say their number of what, what was it? 60,000 people die of flu every year, they say, or something like that. Most of it's pneumonia, but regardless. Well, that's a lot of people out there that are dealing with something pretty severe. Now, let's just say it's an even an especially severe version of the flu that year. The point is you can see how that with media pushing and nudging and influence could be perceived from the population as something different. Then you add on PCR false positive tests. You add on combining flu and pneumonia on top of all those things. You add everything we've talked about and you could have an entire illusion. I mean, we just have to recognize that, you know, and so the point is here that they're continuing to hype this idea of cases and cases and cases, and then people just read into that. They suddenly get the sniffles, and this is what people are saying all over the place, right, that everything is COVID today. We all know that, but that's not the reality, is it? Everything anywhere that happens is possible COVID and just deemed COVID just for your safety.
8: While many of us are getting tired of seeing things like COVID tests or even face coverings, Kate Harlan says now
2: is not the time to get COVID fatigue. <laughs> the body age. I just, I just love, I'm sorry, I haven't made this point before. I just love the mantra of these people. Like, do they go to some kind of like voice-altering training to go into the corporate media, right? Kate
8: Harlan says now is not the time to get COVID fatigue. Now is not the time to
2: get COVID fatigue. It's just literally the exact same mantra they all do. And it's totally artificial. But I guess that's what they think they're supposed to be because it's all fake. These people are actors. And I don't mean that in the real sense and what this guy thinks he's a media person. the point is that why would you, why do that? There's something about that that's influential. I don't, maybe it's because it keeps people tuned in. I don't know. It's just very strange. Now is not the time to get COVID fatigue. Well, if you got COVID fatigue, that kind of in its own right, makes it seem like this is not that dangerous doesn't it i'm so tired of this game we're playing it's like well it's not the same thing to be kind of just exasperated by the fact that this is ongoing if this was a deadly pandemic and people were severely ill and dying all over the place people wouldn't need to be convinced would they you wouldn't need to take a test to find out if you've got the deadly thing do you would you it's just it's just so so many points it's endless
5: the body aches, the coughing, the headache—all of it combined just made the strain this time around so much more intense.
2: Okay, so then the flu, or pneumonia, or about fifteen thousand other problems that it could be—I'm I'm probably not that many. Headache, aches. What else did she say? I mean, that's that's fifteen different illnesses. Most of them pretty benign when you really break it down. So she had a severe case of something coded a bit. Yeah, sure. But why are we assuming that? And if that's th- that's the severe case, that's the fear mongering hype they're putting forward. This is over. It probably was never there. I mean, think about that. She's out there walking perfectly fine and had a severe case of something. Apparently, I mean, I just th- this is the hype about it. If this was the biggest pandemic in a century, she would be dead. People would be dying. We'll be collapsing. It's not. And I'm not trying to hype up that part of it. My point is that this is the best they've got. This is supposed to scare you into getting another shot that causes myocarditis in one in six thousand people. On top of about 15 other real things that can happen, blood clots, heart attack, really?
8: Kate Harlan says the latest strain of COVID is unlike anything she has ever experienced before. She says it felt like she had knives in her throat and major pain for about six days.
2: Wow. A sore throat? Woo, six days? My God. Unprecedented, right? I mean, I'm not trying to diminish. I'm just saying, come on. How is that? How is that what they're putting forward as the fear, the risk of how this is still happening? First of all, PCR tests do give false positives. They've been forced to admit that could very well be anything else. It could be allergies for all we know. I just think it's pretty ridiculous that that's what they're trying to push. It
5: will typically last about two weeks before it starts to fade. But this time it's still prolonged. It's still going strong.
2: Harlan says, yeah, but she seems fine right there. Bottom line is, if that's what we're dealing with, then we should be done with this by now. Let people make their own choices. That should have, by the way, always been the reality. Her symptoms began two days before
8: she tested positive for COVID in late October. She had a sore throat, a cough, then more
2: fever-like symptoms. Ah, great. Okay, so she had a flu or a cold or some normal thing, possibly, and then went and got tested because that's what she was supposed to do. Now, would you ever do that? Did anybody ever do that for the flu? No. No basically nobody excuse me so would she have psychosomatically led into that if she didn't wasn't told it was covid and we've already talked about the idea of long covid and numerous studies now that have found most of it appears to be psychosomatic you know that's a
8: factor she got a covid test and the result was positive something she's all too familiar with
5: I've tested positive five different times.
8: But she says the severity of the illness this time was something new for her.
2: Five times out of how many tests, though. I love how they kind of cut that off, I think. It was the worst round of COVID that I've had so far.
8: Dr. Christopher Choi says Harlan is not alone. I'm starting to see uh, a lot
9: more uh, aggressive symptoms.
8: Many of his recent COVID patients say they feel the strain is so much worse than the others. People are calling in and then they call back uh, another day, uh, next day saying. I'm getting a lot sicker. Uh, my body aches a lot.
2: Doctor. T- now, you know very as well as I, if these people were dropping over and dying because of it, that would be the focus of this discussion. They're not. And that's proved by anywhere you look. Look at the U.S. data, look at the European data. Deaths have all but completely fallen off. And, and on top of that, we know that there are plenty of other things being called COVID that can cause death as well. So the bottom line is this is not something we should be concerned about, no matter how you look at this right now. Or rather, I should argue the concern should be whatever you feel the level should be in any normal situation. Whatever your normal precautions are about normal issues, about worrying about getting sick from other things and washing your hands and whatever else. That's where we are right now. That's what this should be. Toy says BQ1 and BQ11 are the newest strains of
8: COVID. He says a new bivalent vaccine may not be as effective against them, but he still
2: highly suggests getting it. (laughs) So now Okay, so now we're at a point where we have never tested this on people, only eight mice. We don't know. We act- and that even information comes from the BA-1 that they then pushed over to the BA-5. That's being pushed out just because we're in so much danger. That was actually their argument. We just want to get it out now before this happens, what you're looking at, the BQ, B-1. But too late, apparently, but still get the one thing we did say get, though. Right. So the point about the bivalent untested push was because we wanted to get ahead of this right here. But even though this right here is now starting to happen, he's saying like, just get that thing anyway though. Get the the thing that's based on other things we never tested that we're now using for a third thing that's all I mean think about how crazy that is. A B1 information that's then gleaned over to BA4 and 5 that's now going to be used on top of that for a BQ. None of that was tested for. I can't even believe that this is a doctor. That guy should lose his license. Take this untested thing that was untested for the first time for the second shot, but now we're going to use it for the fourth thing on top of it. The- I mean, my God. It, just, it really makes me get a physical reaction when you see something that stupid. And these people are going, trust the science, trust the science. It brings back that, uh, that um, Jimmy, uh, J- Jimmy uh, Baker, um, you know, the guy from Saturday Night Live. I'm forgetting his, the clip now. He's like, safe and effective, safe and effective. Like, it's just so ridiculous. That's not what they should be saying. Period. If we haven't, I mean, this shouldn't be used for B anything if we haven't tested it on people. That's blatantly obvious. Let alone for BA four and five. Then let alone for another thing just because. That means, guys, it's all about putting this in your body no matter what. Especially since this is now less than everything we're saying we re- <laughs> Who's even in danger? Something Kate is planning to do, especially after what she went through. If I'm
5: able to get the booster and avoid the more intense side of the symptoms, I will do that.
2: Aha, but that's not what will happen, will it? Because we just talked about that. So now she got sick, right? Just like we talked about. Now she's going to go get the booster, which we just talked about. And that will now double her risk of reinfection. Good job, science. Good job, corporate media, as you actively tell them to do the one thing that's going to hurt them the most. My God. So are they trusting the science or are they blatantly ignoring the science? You just read it. And by the way, there's three studies that predate that that say the same exact thing. So here we are as they're telling her to do the thing that will make her sick again. And they're going to re- come right back around and go, oh, well, she got sick again. And we're going to talk about that on the next clip and talk about the next booster. It's a never ending cycle. They're man- It's like their foreign policy in your body. They're manufacturing the reasons that then point that and say, that's why we need to give more boosters. So, the booster caused something to happen. So, more boosters are the solution. Good job. This is madness. Absolute madness. And again, Gert Vanden Bosch said this is exactly what would happen and apparently don't care. Now, here is, I believe this is Jay Botachara. This is really important what he says here. Brewer, Jim Brewer. Thank you, Eerie Fairey. I appreciate that. That's one of my favorite clips I've seen this entire process. If I had it queued up, I'd play it right now. It's just about the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's just hilarious, where he's making fun of the media and so on. But here, here is a very important clip. Now, this is the point I made before, about the herd immunity definition and the idea of transmission. And what we need to see is the last sentence here. And this is what he says as well. To honest experts, this is the most obvious thing in history. If you can't see the nefarious level to this by now, you're just simply ignoring it. Now, that doesn't have to mean everybody. But we're at a point now where we need to pull aside the argument like like I said stop soft peddling this these are dangerous for everybody period this is these are what they've done is hurting people that's the reality and at, there's no way that at some level there are people who are actively aware of this that is nefarious it's just no matter how you spin it we so will check this is a great argument right here
10: Address the uh, the the vaccine um, side effects. Let me address the 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 strategy of using the vaccine. I think the error that was made, like the the intellectual error that was made, Um, the World Health Organization um, changed its definition of herd immunity to exclude natural immunity in in 2020 to say only vaccines can can be used to to create to, to create herd immunity.
2: Which in and of itself was an absolute lie. Like how it was possible they could just be like natural immunity suddenly doesn't exist. And yet people still bought it. I just that that was probably a test of psychological operations or social engineering in and of itself.
10: Um, you heard repeatedly people like as prominent as Tony Fauci saying, if we had 80 percent of the population vaccinated, essentially the, the promise, the implicit promise is the disease will go away. Right. You've get herd immunity through vaccines. If you have a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission, you can't use it to get herd immunity. Uh, In December 2020, I wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal with Sunetra Gupta. What we argued was that we don't know whether the vaccine stops transmission. You couldn't tell from the randomized trials whether the disease because they didn't they didn't look to see if whether it stopped transmission. You just didn't know. It it had efficacy against symptomatic infection, but you don't know if you could be used for transmission. So we argued that you should use the vaccine for focused protection.
2: Now, Now, here's the point on that. Remember. Now, that, that's technically accurate, what he just laid out there right? on, on the surface. The argument is that according to the paperwork, they just simply never looked. And that's what we've always maintained, right? That was the Forbes article at the very beginning. And even the, the author of the Forbes article made the argument that it seems pretty clear that they have no faith that this will stop transmission. So that's why they was just completely put off the table. Right. But then the point is that very quickly it was obvious that wasn't the case. They were forced to admit it right around Delta. Remember Winolensky ate crow in front of everybody and said, well, it does not transmission. It never was. That's why they never tested it. Now, the point is that they continued from that point to lie about it. But all said and done, looking back at all the information, the documentation that they've been forced to release, it's clear now that you can see at some level they knew that it wouldn't. And that's why they chose not to look into it. Now, that's, I think that's blatantly obvious based on what we now see in the full picture. Either way you look at it, what he's saying here is important, that at, at, in 2021, it was on the table. There was no denying it, and they just kept going with it, just like I was saying with Biden just now. They, I, I, I don't know how they have this addiction to the narrative when everybody seems to know the reality, and when, in fact, their narrative directly contradicts what's currently and publicly available. That, I, that tends to speak to the agenda that they just have to continue at all costs, apparently. But this is where we are now.
10: Older people, as, as Martin has said, had a thousandfold higher risk of death. You could use the vaccine to reduce that risk of death. And it's worth the potential side effects because those are likely much less than the protection provided by the vaccine. For young people, that's the, the, the calculus is reversed.
2: Um, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that, by the way, just so we're clear. And I, I, the data... I argue completely backs that up. Now, it may just be that he's trying to make a balanced argument so that people will hear what he has to say, I, but that's this is the point.
10: Instead, public health doubled down on this idea that you could use the vaccine to stop transmission, to get rid of the disease. The vaccine mandates were built on that false assumption. And I, for the, I mean, by, by July of 2020 we knew that that was not going to work with certainty because because countries that had widespread vaccination were seeing big outbreaks So why do we continue down this path of vaccine mandates that it's so destructive where so many people lost their jobs and people have lost confidence in vaccines? There's no good answer to that. I have for that question. And the fact, as you say, it was still happening now. You're still seeing, um, you know, uh, students in top universities being essentially forced to get a a booster that they probably don't need at risk of myocarditis. I have no idea why we're doing that. It's just a a colossal error.
2: Um, Yeah. Again, but I am at the point where I don't How can you possibly now? Again, I, I, I appreciate his work, and I know he has to make a balanced argument for people that are, you won't get these people to listen, but it's not an accident. This is not an, an error in judgment, guys. There is a conscious choice being made, and he just laid it out for you. If they knew, if it was certain, proven, that it would not stop transmission, then the whole thing falls apart, and yet they just kept marching forward. There, I mean, right now you will find people that will still argue it stops transmission that was proven back in 2020, right now. Even though they've been forced to admit it because they haven't heard that and they're still just towing the line. And anybody that challenges that, they've been trained to uh, uh, viciously attack because that's what they think they're supposed to do. That was uh, Jay Bhattacharya <clears throat> speaking. But the, the point here, guys, is that you can't look at both those parts and not see at some level nefarious action, choosing to ignore. Now, you could argue they didn't know this. I Again, I think you could prove they did. But at, in 2021. Why wasn't it immediately stopped when they knew that it didn't, when Lindsay admitted that it wouldn't stop transmission? Because there was something bigger going on. I'm absolutely convinced about that. Now, here is Dr. Claire Craig pointing something out that I'm really glad is beginning to break into these larger conversations. She says, Are the, is the UK Health Security Agency counting people as, quote, vaccinated only 14 days after injection? it is not clear now i i i argue it's really clear i'm i'm actually surprised that's the statement i love her work so i highly recommend you follow what she's doing but you've heard me point that, I mean, I'll, sh- I'll show you right now, on the UK documentation, it basically blat- it lists in there that they will do that. So I, it, I, maybe she hasn't seen that. I don't know. Regardless, the point is that this is the case. But she says that would explain the ridiculously high rates of hospitalization in those vaccinated a while ago as the danger period of vaccine would be misattributed. The bottom line is that, yes, as I said, unequivocally, verifiably, yes. tila has been trying to call attention to this for some time. This, too, has always been publicly available information. But just like with the transmission point, they outwardly obfuscated that fact, if not outright lie about it. That's this is the pandemic of the injected. And as I said, Scott and Scotland and a few others discount anything within the first 21 days. That's the craziest part about this, making it even more clear, counting anything that happened in that time frame as happening to an unvaccinated person. You guys all know this, though. Then they add then add to that. That over eighty percent of all the injection side effects, and that after that first shot, occur within that window. Again, just that point is the most obvious thing in the world. This is why we get banned for talking about this stuff long before people are talking about it. Here's just one of the examples. You can look at this. I I recommend you look up a Wayback machine version of the South Scotland. I haven't looked currently because they oh, a long time ago. You know, we were going remember, we were going week to week and breaking down the continuing information until they just stopped telling you because they argued conspiracy theorists are misinterpreting. No, they just wanted to hide it from you. Now they're hiding it. The UK, Scotland, well, that's part of it, but uh, Ontario, they all just removed all the data. But you can go back and look at it and it's unequivocal. I mean, it is damning, especially now in the full context. But the point is, this is Alberta, which is the one I tend to show because this is where it got really exposed and they deleted this immediately. And you can look at that at the current page versus the Wayback Machine. But the reality is that all of them state this in their documentation. And here's one right here. Now, even by the way, even the current version of this still states these. They just hide the part at the bottom. I'll show you next. But as it says, in this case, there were 64% of people. And this is from uh, January 14th, 2020, 2022. 64% of cases in this case were unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks. Right. So what that means is any of these cases that they diagnosed in that first 14 day period were then by default unvaccinated. Now, the reason they argue that, remember, is because they just arbitrarily picked this number and said that it takes apparently two weeks for the shot to start working, which I don't even what a bad argument. But then why would Scotland use 21 days? Right. I mean, it's it's just and that is the reality. So this is the same thing. Hospitalization, death, same point, unvaccinated or diagnosed within first two weeks. There's no is anybody confused by that? I mean, that's about as clear as it gets. Now, this is the part. Now, I actually forget who showed this to me. Somebody shared this with me, and I wanted to give them credit for. It. I can't remember who it was. About you know, showing that this is what got deleted, and so we were able to find the way back machine. Here is the part they removed. Now, why would they remove this without any kind of update about why? Because you can see it right in front of you. Okay, what you're looking at is cases first of all, and this is the, this is number of days between first shot and COVID diagnosis. Right, so. The point is, look at how much happens within the first 21 days. Everything. I mean, 70% right there. Easy. Then, it gets even more stark when you look at hospitalizations. 21 days. Go to 14, you know, still. I mean, you're looking at the vast majority. Because this tapers off pretty hard down here. And you're looking all the way up to 60 right there, right? So, the hospitalizations were off the charts in the first 14 days. Now, how are you going to argue that just literally everybody was going to the hospital, 80% of people that wasn't associated with the injection. So what, everybody else in the world is disgustingly ill and sick and dying and being hospitalized? It just doesn't make sense. The point is that this is so they wouldn't have to associate it with the injection. And this is what the injection is causing. And look at the deaths. Even more stark. The majority of them. Deaths, hospitalizations, and cases. All happening, the vast majority within that first shot window, within the first 21 to 14 days. And that's why this is happening. So I just want to make sure we saw that again. All this taken in context together, you can see that that is a game being played. The PCR false positives, the flu and pneumonia being combined into one number, which is still stated as PIC on the CDC website. Pneumonia, influenza, and COVID. Why they jumble that together and act like it's one number, but then say it's COVID, which you could, it's right in front of you on the CDC website. You can look it up for yourself. I did 10 different shows about it. That is one reason that this is being conflated. That's why flu just vanished magically. And we'd act like that's not the most obvious thing in the world. Well, here's Dr. Peter Doshi, the senior editor of the British Medical Journal, who is saying Pfizer and Moderna trial data from the beginning are both showing a clear signal of increased risk of serious adverse events among the vaccinated. It's all in front of you, and the experts are speaking out, and we all see this, and yet they're still lying to you about it. What more do we really need to see?
9: What we found is that both the Pfizer and the Moderna trials are both showing a clear signal of increased risk of serious adverse events among the vaccinated. Now, serious adverse events are events that the companies themselves have classified as being of the most concerning quality. Namely, it's usually something that lands you in the hospital, and that's why it's classified as a serious adverse event.
2: Yeah, it's hospitalization, death, and and serious like deformation or or, or uh, paralyzing or things like that.
9: And the trial data are indicating that we're seeing about um, an elevated risk of these serious adverse events of around one in eight hundred people vaccinated. So one additional serious adverse event for every eight hundred people vaccinated.
2: Think about that, guys. One potential hospitalization, death, or some kind of other serious problem in one in 800 people so now combine that with the increased risk of the injection in the first week the increased risk after three months and the fact that if you take a booster after getting sick it doubles your risk I mean everywhere you look these things are working apparently if you listen to them <laughs> one in 800 one in three thousand myocarditis I mean everything about this is not just not working it's killing people let's stop pulling punches here guys
9: now that is much much more. Common than what you see for other vaccines, where the reported rates are in the range of one or two per million vaccinees. In these trials, we're seeing one in every
2: 800. So the CDC right now still maintains that we're talking one in a million, one in two million for myocarditis. They still argue that. I guess they just missed the ongoing waterfall of peer-reviewed science saying the exact opposite. What are they trusting exactly? Probably some old preprint from 2020. Right? That's how they work this. Trust the science, but the one we like, right? All
9: right. So, uh, and this is a rate that... And by
2: the way, I'm sort of joking when I say that. I know there's been stuff they point out after that. My point is just that they ignore all of the information they just don't want you to see while cherry picking what they want you to while acting like that's what we all do. Again, This is the senior editor of the British Medical Journal for crying out loud. Like this is, he put his name on the line when he broke the story about P- Brooke Jackson. Right. And they even then attacked the British Medical Journal of all places, acting like it was a conspiracy blog. I mean, think about the gall it takes to call one of the leading scientific publications on the planet a conspiracy blog because they dare to point out what actually happened. Brooke Jackson has roundly been shown to be correct. Again, check out the two different interviews we had with her. We were the first one to interview her about the entire gigantic story. Right, Again, demonstrating our value. Make sure you support the T-Lab platform.
9: In, in past years has had vaccines taken off the market, just to put that in some perspective. Like in 1976, we had Guillain-Barre syndrome after influenza vaccines that were then you know, withdrawn. So and the other thing uh, in terms of background to understand is that we're talking about uh, randomized trials here, right? There's a lot of studies out there, but we're talking about randomized trials, which are widely considered the highest quality evidence. And we're talking about the trials that were submitted by Pfizer and Moderna that supported the regulator's authorization. So the results are really raising right, concerns, particularly <laughs> about the safety of the mRNA vaccines in low-risk groups.
2: Now, you know who it's not raising concern for? The Biden administration. Trump, for that matter. Or anybody else that's still promoting the vaccines. Think about how wild that is. They're not trusting anything other than the narrative. These are the scientists you should be listening to, the experts, the highly regarded experts, not the TV doctors, which you should consider them to listen to everybody and question everyone's comments. The point is these people have impeccable credentials, which you shouldn't trust them either. You should be questioning what they have to say like you always should have been doing. But the fact that people are now ignoring the highest regarded people or rather the highest, you know, the real experts while listening to people on corporate media is just mind blowing to me. This guy should not be disregarded. Neither should Dr. Malone, Gert Vandenbosch, Peter McCullough. I mean, these are again, just take a quick dance back into the beginning when they argued is it was, you know, Butar and Mikovits and basement basement dwelling conspiracy theorists. That's look at how much has changed since then. They're running from this.
9: And that's why it's really important that we have an independent replication of these data using the individual participant data from the trials.
11: That's a good point. When you're entrusted
9: for protecting the public's health, and you as a regulator, you need to be in receipt of all the data, not summaries of the data, but all the data. Right. The most granular detailed data should be all in your possession, and you should be going over that in as much, with as much scrutiny as you possibly can. That's, That's a responsibility I think that the regulator has.
2: That's real research, guys, right? Not just listening to what the CDC says that you're supposed to think, but the actual data. The act and that's why most of the time they don't even give you all the breakdown. They just give you the, the excerpts, and you're supposed to just glean from it what they tell you is supposed to be seen. These people lie, just like RFK said in the beginning. People in authority lie. Not as a uh, not Constant and always. I mean, I, I I hate to say that's what I that's my what I feel today. But the point is, they're, you know, not all the time everywhere, but they do and they can. And we need to be accepting of that reality. Otherwise, we're going to be trusting people and the savior complex will rule the day. Here's Dr. Asim Holtra, one of the other seriously obvious examples of a high credentialed, highly regarded doctor who was moments ago. Saying the praise of this thing until he realized he was wrong. I mean, you can't get a better example of that. And he says, when the former chief scientist of Pfizer's respiratory research, Dr. Yeadon, gives his review on the mRNA products, we must listen. Again, same point. This is another person who was on the other side now saying these are dangerous to truly understand what's happening is to realize that a psychopathic entity has unleashed its power on the world on an unprecedented scale. These are these guys think about how crazy it is to have these kind of people saying, you know, p- things like he says that you know, people who worship Satan are, are talking about a worldwide unprecedented power like these are conspiratorial concepts doesn't mean they're fake. I think that's the reality people are quickly realizing. Most of it's been real. Now, that doesn't mean that everything under the sun, conspiracy theory and otherwise are over. But the point is, we should have always been open to that. Could this theory be real? Could they be lying about this? Yes. (laughs) Always, yes, could be. Right? So in this case, it's really interesting to see these kind of people who are, you know, leaning into a direction that they know will be framed as conspiracy to the average normies watching Fox and CNN. And they're doing it anyway. Listen to what Doctor Michael Yeadon is getting. He's gone over the point where he's now considering whether viruses are even present. And guys, it's not a. It doesn't make him now a conspiracy theorist. He is a high, a highly educated doctor, expert scientist, right? So he's now looking at that data and going, "There's something possibly there. You should pay attention to that.
11: Question it like always." Clinical trials were fraudulent. There are court cases ongoing right now. The manufacturing was fraudulent. They didn't do production r&d required it would take at least two years to do that um that that means the regulatory authorizations were fraudulent uh so fda and cdc the the european medicines agency the mhra in britain they've all behaved fraudulently pretty much by closing their eyes and just rubber stamping it so they've not been tested they're not safe they don't work they could never have worked in the elderly and yet they are toxic and then i talked at length, and I won't bore you with it again, that the very design of them could not have been more dangerous. They picked the only part of this purported pathogen, the spike protein, to express in your bodies. Your bodies are turned into a spike protein factory, and spike proteins are definitely acutely toxic in loads of different ways. Uh, autoimmunity, blood clots, neurological problems, impacts on fert- fertility, and so on. So so I've told you that they've created the impression of a scare they've smashed the economy and civil society using useless measures they've got you to wait for a rushed uh, so-called vaccine that was not shown to be uh, effective or safe that never could have worked even if the original setup about a virus uh, viral threat was correct and yet they've jabbed i don't know four billion six billion poor souls Uh, something like one in a thousand people have died Um, we don't know how many more will die but we're into double figures of millions who've definitely been killed as a consequence of this policy, and that tells you that the people who are doing this are are ruthless i'd say diabolical that we're beyond good and eat, good and good and wrong and right okay we're we're in the, we're in the good versus evil i'm not I've not been a religious person, but I'm absolutely clear in my mind the only people the kind of planning and thinking it takes to have done what has happened are people who who would who would worship Satan they're not normal people. I couldn't do one part of this. And continue to be alive. after I've done it.
2: Right now, again, pe- That—that's my point. Is that last point? People are going to use to be like, "Oh, he's crazy. He's gone off the deep end." He. I mean, the point is simply that he. There is nothing gr- bigger than that in the. He's basically saying, like, you got this is beyond laws. This is beyond right and wrong. There's something going on here that is evil, that is inherently nefarious, malicious, sinister. It doesn't matter how you want to frame that as being, you know, God and Satan or whatever else. <clears throat> but the bottom line is that he, these, these are people that are not normal. You cannot pretend this makes sense. And these are people, people like Dr. Yaden, people like Dr. Maholtra, Dr. Uh, ba- Doshi, and all these are the, the, before COVID, some of the most highest regarded experts around. And now they're standing up and saying that this is not just a dangerous mistake, but people are killing other people because of some kind of grandiose agenda. And that's what we need to understand. This is real. This is not just conspiracy theory. This is actually happening. And it's because of you that people around you potentially didn't do this. And they're probably alive because of you, potentially. They're probably healthier because of you. Because you chose to take, have the courage to stand up for what you clearly saw was going on. A lot of other people were too scared and, frankly, too meek and cowardly To just acknowledge what they clearly saw was happening. For instance, like this person here, still pushing this argument. After we just, what you just saw, just the stuff in the beginning. In conjunction with all the other peer-reviewed science that continues to find how really dangerous this is. And here's Rochelle Walensky, which by the way, Walensky here is not in charge of anything, if you want my honest opinion. These are people in front of you. This person was put there to be able to make this say like, this is like the rest of them. This is my opinion, obviously I'm not saying she doesn't have, you know, her background, but these people are not the ones that she may actually believe this is what's happening. I don't know. But for, to take this kind of state this after what's happening, after what we just read, after the science showing you the increased risk of the booster, which is by the way, what she claimed they got. Right. So based on the science, and the fact that she's clearly been sick, what, seven times now, six times? Based on that reality, she should have gotten double the risk, which, again, is probably why she got sick again, if that's what happened, right? But she says, thank you for to my family and CDC staff for, for support while I recovered from COVID-19. Again, for like the sixth time, fifth time, I forget what it is now. I am fortunate to have only had mild symptoms, which is because that's what everybody gets, because it's mild. Right, which I credit to my injections and I'm being up to date. No, no, that's probably why you got sick. That's probably why you're gonna continue to have issues if you actually got them. The fact that this is mild is roundly accepted now. I mean, that's ever they only talk about them in the media, the transmission. So the fact that you got a mild response to something that everybody knows is mild is because of the injections. I mean, she knows she's lying about that. That's pathetic. It goes on to say COVID-19 vaccines may not prevent every infection or any of them, but they do provide us important protection against severe illness. That's not true. Hospitalization, that's not true. Death, that's not true. In fact, the reality has been the exact opposite. And what's going on right, remember the beginning, they didn't even study to find that out either. It was mild to moderate symptoms. And yet they immediately argued it stopped severe illness and death. Why'd they say that? Because that's what they wanted you to think. The reality is they didn't know that. They chose not even to look at it. And then when it started happening, they just claimed it was literally anything else. Right, because meanwhile, everybody's safe from death and and severe illness because COVID and injections, but what's this gigantic excess death problem? We don't know. We're totally baffled. Totally not. It's not COVID for sure. They've already told you that. And we just don't want to know. We're guessing into the wind. We can't be the shots, though. Definitely can't be the shots that cause heart attacks and blood clots and strokes and increase your risk of infection. Yeah. None of that. Not possible. Right. My updated COVID vaccine. So she got the bivalent, which by the way, in every possible way is hurting people helped ensure my immune system was equipped to protect the, which by the way, challenges the science that we just talked about. CDC recommends that everybody over five years old, get your updated booster, which is a new injection. So still pushing it on children. Now, Despite all the things we just talked about, I mean, that's disgusting. You either dangerously uninformed or you are a bad person or both because they're lying. Now, here's Kim.com as she's telling the children to get it, just pointing out what we already know. And this is more of a reiteration for those that have seen this already. But he says, how many young people have died around the world from myocarditis and pericarditis? A side effect caused by COVID-19 vaccines and not by COVID-19, which is now backed up again by another peer-reviewed study, which we've been telling you since June 2021, I think. Or, yeah, since last year. No country should honor the legal immunity Big Pharma has negotiated, right? Because they lied. That's a good point. Like they probably, I think they violated their contract, but it says, and again, since you know, we already saw this COVID vaccines. So COVID vaccines make do, do, in fact, not make, or I guess that's fair to say it could cause it. They absolutely can at any moment cause it, whether it will be for everybody is I guess left to be seen, but COVID itself causes myocarditis too, right? Wrong. A large scale Israeli study of almost 200,000 unvaccinated adults after COVID infection showed that COVID infection was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. Now, what's interesting, by the way, is this is the one that I've been showing you. This is this is right here. This, again, what's funny to me is that this is, at, we're, I guess, reporting this now as if it's brand new. But remember, guys, this is what we've, we've been talking about this since April, or rather, I think it was June 2020. Oh, it's 2022, excuse me. But what's interesting is there is not just this study. There's another study that's been circulating that's being talked about showing you the same thing. But again, why is it only now being presented to you as breaking information, even though we've been, as I think uh, on our Substack, which I highly recommend you guys check out. Scott's doing amazing work on there. And we we just had our first round table today. And I, I plan on writing for it as well. But he, he wrote that about Lab being ahead of the curve again on this exact topic. Isn't that interesting? I mean, how do, it's, it's all right there in front of you, just like it says right there. Neither of them associated with this, yet they're pushing it anyway. Well, here's a good clip from uh, Milk Bar TV showing you, as he writes, Joe Rogan proved right on COVID vaccines, myocarditis. Yesterday's misinformation is today's science. Now, that's not always the case, but by and large, that's what's happened. Every time they fake news, you're censored. It can't cause blood clots. It can't cause myocarditis. How dare you suggest that this is happening? How dare you suggest that won't happen? And all of them end up passing it, and we still are censored for it, right? But what's important about this one is it's exactly about the what we just discussed and how Joe Rogan was confronted on the show and was forced to, I guess, take what he was being told, even though he was right, because the guy who he was forcefully telling him he was wrong was towing the line and was simply repeating what the other the corporate media reporting was saying and the the studies that were coming from the CDC, despite the fact that there was endless amounts of information showing you this was the case. Podcaster
5: Joe Rogan, who is a frequent spreader of COVID misinformation, was fact-checked uh,
2: fact checked on his show in real time. Here it is. They loved that moment, right? Let's look at him, get it wrong in real time. You know, and really, this is kind of a pathetic cheap shot when you think about it, right? Somebody's not allowed to be wrong if that was even the case. But here's the, the larger point is he wasn't wrong.
1: For young boys in particular, there's an adverse risk associated with the vaccine. It's yes. like a two to four fold increase in the um, instances of myocarditis. It's
2: Way more than that now, obviously, right? That was in the early part of it. And this is how they slowly blot this out. We now know that it, the, the the worst example, and as a peer reviewed study, found it with the Moderna specifically, it was one in 3,500, right? And this is all ages. It, it varies based on different age groups and even different areas, by the way, which kind of, it's just a, this is a ubiquitous risk. This is bad for your heart and it's hurting people. Right. But the point is that that is the reality and that it's not just young boys, but that there's and at, even at that time, though, this was undeniable.
0: Latest in the fight against covid-19 and a new recommendation from the Florida Surgeon General. He's now recommending against the covid-19 mRNA vaccine for men of certain ages. The department says the analysis found an 84 percent increase in cardiac related death amongst males 18 to 39 84. within 28 days following the vaccination.
10: You know that there's no-
2: now I, I kind of you know what's funny is I kind of take issue with the idea that it's like so the surgeon general's report which they were showing wasn't even the science by the way so it's just because that's yeah I, there's a partisan level of this obviously but I still agree I think that that was the wrong example right instead of showing the surgeon general's post you should have actually been showing the peer reviewed studies which of which there are many I've gone over that show dramatically obvious, not just 18 to 39, but across the board, myocarditis risk. But either way, it's the same point. It's everywhere today. And you know that. Here's what he says in, in retort.
10: Increased risk of myocarditis
11: in, among that age cohort from getting COVID as well. I'm going to be well, looking at a study. And what it did, it looked at a large cohort of people who'd had COVID diagnosed by...
2: Again, here's what's funny is this is October 22, right? John Campbell. I mean, just, I I hate I don't mean really to keep pointing it out. I mean, I do, but I mean, reached... <laughs> Got there's some recognition there for the fact that we keep pointing these things out to the audiences before a lot of the larger people out there who are equally invested in this discussion aren't talking about it. What This has been around since April. Isn't that interesting? Now, again, I, I'm not going to say that I am the one doing all this because there's a lot of you out there that are the ones putting this in front of me, right? That's what's so interesting. You guys are the ones helping this. You guys are this show. As I've said many times in the past, you are the last American Vagabond. This wouldn't exist without our community. Right. And the fact that often people post and tag me on Twitter and send me emails and so on. I don't just discover all this stuff. Most of it comes from you guys. Right. But it's still interesting to see that they have their audiences, too. Why are we the ones that keep getting this information ahead of everybody else? Or why are we talking about it? I just, you know, I'm not I don't know. But I I, we care. Right. All of us, not just me. The Last American Vagabond. All the writers, everybody involved. You guys. We care about this. It's Interesting, though, isn't it?
11: PCR. A large group of people as a control that had not had COVID who never had symptoms and tested negative on PCR and they compared the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis between the two groups. What they found is there was no difference between the groups. Right. So the COVID group did not have more myocarditis and pericarditis than the group who'd never had the COVID infections.
2: Now, again, to be fair, just because the one study said that doesn't necessarily then make it the truth. Because isn't that kind of an interesting thing to do? So my study says what it's supposed to be saying, so that's the truth. What your study says, I don't agree with, so that's the disinformation. You see my point? Because he is referencing science. I just think that's the same problem in reverse. It's like we all just decided when we're in the partisan world that the thing says what I like, so therefore that's the one we should trust. Your science is fake news because the bad science, you see my point? And that happens today everywhere. But I still agree with the point. It's not disinformation. I argue he's wrong in this case because he's choosing to trust the people that are the authorities because a lot of people in this position who gain a lot of clout and rise up because they know who they're supposed to be patting on the head and acknowledging and so on. Right. That's my perspective. I could be wrong.
10: Which exceeds the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. I don't think it's true.
1: I don't think it it's is. true. I don't, no, no, no. I don't think it's true that there's an increased risk of myocarditis from people catching COVID that are young versus increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. No, there is.
2: Now, here, here's what's interesting. So, what he's doing right now, no, no, there is. There is. This, he's doing the same thing the person making this video is actually doing, right? Now, I'm not even trying, I love what Milkbar TV is doing. I'm just making the point that. It's He's doing the same thing. He's got his scientific study in his mind. And he's the smart people listen to what the CDC study says. So he's just going, no, 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 fact. It is because I saw the study, right? Well, can't you acknowledge that there are other studies that say different? No, of course not, because his idea is the right one. Same kind of thing, right? We all got to kind of get away from that. Question all the science. Trust the scientific method, as Danny Rancourt points Rancourt points out, right?
10: Yeah, so you're about eight times Likelier to get myocarditis from getting COVID
1: Than from getting the vaccine That's...
2: Says the CDC study But which is still science Now, now That, that is said, not
1: what I've read before But also it's like when they report this stuff It's like the amount of people that report the um, Like it's the underreporting.
6: Before the COVID-19 vaccines There were four cases per myocard- For myocarditis per million The current estimates are now From a, a prospective cohort study from Bangkok, Thailand, 25,000 cases per million. Charlie, it's through the roof. Myocarditis at this point in time is due to the COVID-19
2: vaccines until proven otherwise. Right. Talk about moving the goalposts. How to, to, like that, you know, it's just so embarrassing how these people are so smug about their, and the same thing she's doing. She's absolutely, I mean, these are the most uninformed people on the planet. And that's why they can be so smug, because she's absolutely convinced that she's right. Why? Because her authorities told her so. And to her, that is intelligence. Research is doing what you're told, according to these people. Now, here is a nurse speaking out about all the babies that she's seeing with blood clots. Right? In blood clots, and she's speaking out because it's not being allowed to be discussed, and people don't want to talk about it. This is... Everywhere. And it's one of the most, it's one of the hardest discussions to have about what's actually being done. And again, how do you not see that as nefarious when people are knowingly allowing infants to die of blood clots, heart attacks, myocarditis? I mean, that is disgusting. It's happening.
4: I'm probably going to lose my job. And if being a nurse means that I have to just sit back and be quiet and watch other babies get jabbed with different substances um and i have to be quiet when i find out that 22 of them died in the month of august at one hospital and that it's very likely that all of those mothers were vaccinated because that's been the pattern over the last year and a half all these babies that are dying all these babies that have these new health problems that no one's really seen before all the Echoes that are done on these babies because something's up with their heart um, breathing issues, NICU, all this stuff. These have all been increased so It's not right So if being a nurse means that I don't get to save my own mother I don't get to save babies and I have to sit back and be quiet While people are doing things that are evil Then I don't want to work there No amount of money can make me inject toy poisons into a baby. And if as a mother, if you don't get that disgusting feeling when someone tells you I have to inject this toxic substance into your baby and you don't shout at the top of your lungs to stop, you really need a wake-up call.
2: I agree. You You know, she's one person. Right. Always, you know, you don't know where she's coming from or whether she's lying or whether she's misinformed. But the bottom line is this is endless. Endless. You can just, you will find an endless amount of people out there that are expressing their story and they're just not being engaged with or or even reported on. Right. Uh, We just spoke with uh, Roland, I believe, and, you know, the the individual who's dealing with this and and the the way that they're being ignored and suppressed and attacked. I mean, it's heartbreaking to deal with something like that. You know, and the point is that this. (laughs) It just, it never ends, and people are not, There's the conversation is not being allowed to be discussed because the media will not allow it to be. I, I genuinely think this is most people right now. And again, the elephant in the room, this is happening pretty much by and large to people with injections in their body. Now, you can argue that's because the majority have them, but what's happening with that 20%? You know, as well as I, if there was an overrepresentation, they would be all over it. It's not being talked about. Now, the excess death is the ridiculous, the real elf in the room here. Like the idea that you we're just pretending that this isn't completely exactly correlated with this or the fact that we're just going to the an unimaginable, unprecedented in the history of the civilization that we have this excess death rising up. It just so happens to be right after a mass administration of an experimental gene therapy. But no, 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 that's completely off the table. I mean, it's just this is why people aren't buying this right now. As Janie points out, excess deaths are up in the U.K., Europe, and the United States, especially in the younger age group in 2021 and 2022. It did not occur in 2020. Again, when when the argument is people were getting sick all over the place, but there were no injections circulating, how does that possibly make sense? As he points out, it's an epidemic of sudden death.
1: ...shows some alarming trends. Excess death is up in most of these countries that I'm talking about, the U.K., Europe, and U.S., Uh, There seems to be an excess death rate rise, especially amongst the younger age folks uh, in 2021 and 2022. It did not occur in 2020. It's an epidemic of sudden death. And it was told to me the month of August in the Society of Actuaries for the group life policyholders, the excess deaths was 36 percent for 18 to 44. Let me repeat that. 36 percent. Now, if this was... um, a pandemic that we are told is winding down, natural immunity and vaccines—suppose they worked—that excess m- mortality should be turning back to zero or even better than zero. It's it's stubbornly high, and it's a problem. And again, Dr. Drew, this is a population that is much healthier than the general overall population, as their studies have proven beforehand in 2016 that they experience. The uh, mortality rate of 30 to 40 percent that in any given year of the general U.S. population. So they're experiencing crazy amounts of excess death.
2: Now, Dr. Drew is another example, right? He's another high mainstream corporate media individual who's suddenly doing things like that. Everybody sees this, guys. The our objective here next needs to be first to stop this from moving forward and to make sure everybody else who doesn't see it can realize that they're not alone. That even people that have already been fooled are maybe not saying it out loud because they feel stupid, but they're aware they're not doing the next thing because all these high level people are now talking about this. They're going, wow, really? Really? Now actually, I forgot to play this a moment ago and I wanted to just be I'm not that it fits right here, but I will anyway. Because of what they, what uh, Dr., I mean, all of them are saying. I mean, he, they, they, he was just, Dr. Doshi, Peter, D- Peter Doshi of the British Medical Journal, has said what a uh, many other people have said. I think Dr. Ryan Cole said this, that this is turning your body into a drug factory, or rather a, a, a producing spike protein factory. I just can't miss how obvious this clip is, pre-COVID, about what they said they were trying to accomplish in your body, and you can even see a Pfizer lab coat in the background.
3: Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug
2: factories. And here we are. But totally not connected, though. It's a complete coincidence that they are, we're watching happen in a deadly sense in our bodies, exactly what they were hyping that both pharma companies and Wall Street were super excited about. Who can't see this by now? So here is Dr. Craig Clegg say, excuse me, Claire Craig saying, the more vaccinated a European country was, the higher their excess mortality in April to August 2022. Fact. Easily proven. And you could look at it for yourself from the heart group. The pattern was the inverse of what was seen in the Delta wave. We are watching this happen in real time. There is an exact correlation. It's not, correlation is not causation. But with everything else taken alongside of it, there's no denying what this is. This has been done to the population. Now, here's one of the images I used on the front, just one of these websites, and it's just at top charts, 22 to 03, uh, uh, 20, 21 excess deaths. And it basically breaks these down for Canada, the United States. I mean, just look at these graphs, guys. Are we really just acting like this? Why, why is the media talking about this? This should be the only story. Something is destroying us. But, gee, it's that thing, so we're not supposed to talk about it. They're really going to pretend like this is there is nothing bigger than that right now. That is unreal, and they don't even want to talk about what it is. Not even have an open conversation about what it could be. Just ignoring it. Like if they like if they don't want to talk about the injection, that's one thing. But to not even talk about it, how do we not see how obvious that is? This is crazy, unprecedented. Here's Dr. Eli David again saying Sweden again same point from the other day, continually proving to be right, and they just don't want to talk about it. Sweden. The one that bucked the system about this in the beginning and and didn't force people to do most things has the lowest excess mortality during 2022 to 2020 to 2022. As he says, final proof that COVID measures killed significantly more people than COVID itself, which by the way, is actually being confirmed in in research we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Where was that? I'll come back to it. One of the points I was going to (laughs) make, jump ahead, hold on. That ultimately the, the, the research is now showing, oh, it's right here, that COVID lockdowns, Increase even COVID deaths, according to this study. It's all there, guys. They just don't want to trust the science. They want to ignore it. Here's Dr. Uh, well, Peter, Peter Sweden, if we've referenced in the past, but this is Neil Ferguson's calculator saying, I mean, genuinely, if you're telling us it's not the jabs, then what is it? Exactly. To just go, we're not even going to talk about it is worse than lying about what it is. I mean, that's I, it's almost like they want you to see that. As Peter Sweden points out, this is insane. 4,000, it's not a typo, 4,070% increase in Bayer's miscarriage reports from 2019 to 2021. 4,070% increase in reported miscarriages from due to the injection on bears. Yes, not verified, but that's the point. They never are. It's been three years. Are we just going to forever say it's unverified and act like it's not true? Again, that's why everybody can see this. And here's the, here's the graph. This one and the other one are what's on the main page today. I mean, God, that's just unreal. These are babies, stillbirths, miscarriages. Off the charts. Not COVID. That's the first thing that's been excluded from this. And they keep pointing that out in all these studies. It's not COVID. Scotland reported a huge 123% increase in newborn deaths in September 2021. And similar in March 2022. They're not investigating the vac status of the mothers, which we already reported to you. Because it, quote, could be used to harm vaccine confidence at this crucial time, which was actually one of the things they said. let this pretend like, well, we've already done the, the, the right investigation, you know, way back in the beginning, which, by the way, we now can prove wasn't done. But they point to that and say, well, we did it then. We don't need to do it now. Except we're dealing with different injections, different variants, different timeframes. Yeah, but just who cares, right? Because it's better to not risk the, the danger of vaccine hesitancy and just to let newborns die for some unexplainable reason because we're afraid of talking about bad vaccine stuff. That's Scotland literally said we will not investigate because of that. But, so we don't care that children are dying? We don't know why? We're going to ignore that? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. This is criminal activity. Here You, you can read his post for yourself. It's unreal. Something weird is happening with newborn deaths and miscarriages and everything else under the sun. It seems Simon points out an unprecedented increase of influenza in Iran. Coincidentally, Iran happens to be vaccinated against the flu at precisely the same time as COVID authorities blame rise to the lack of masks and obviously do not question the injection. Of course not. Isn't that interesting, right? The overlap, just like we keep pointing out that they'd know they've never, they, they don't know if it's safe. It still says that right now in the most current documentation. We have no idea if it's safe to take the flu shot alongside this shot or any other shot for that matter, alongside this one. We don't know. We never tested, but do it though, because safe and effective, right? That's what they're saying anyway. I think I can actually grab this one real quick. Is it that one. Wait, that is the right one. For some reason, the pregnant one never comes up, but this is just just a quick little point. You guys want to look at it. Here's all documentation that show you that they state we don't know if this is safe, yet they push sales. They give you discounts if you get them alongside each other. Broken, broken, disgusting. Now, emergency department attendances for acute respiratory infections, which they're calling whatever they want, RSV, coal. But the point is the RSV discussion RSV discussion, is also a manipulation because there's such a small, historically, it is not that dangerous for most people. But yes, it could be dangerous. But that's the point. That is the worst case scenario outweighing the balanced risk assessment and then hurting more people because of it. But she points out that they were, uh, their attendance for acute respiratory infections reached midwinter levels last month and it wasn't covid they're doing this to people and just blaming it on anything else or just lumping it into SIDS, sads unexplainable we don't know so we'll ignore it there's unexplainable we won't talk about it right that's everything and they're still stressing tridemic which like two days after they talk about it as a thing i, think I was that's how funny this tends to go we may see a tridemic coming up in the winter and then somebody just can't resist. And they go, we're, see- we're seeing it now. <laughs> the Delmicron and everywhere. Tridemic is all over. We're stressed because of tridemic that isn't even happening yet. You see my point? Like they only just hyped that concept and now we already have hospitals going, we're overwhelmed by the tridemic, whatever that is. Whatever the PCR test said was in front of you that moment and just continue to add it up. They're talking about coronavirus, flu, and RSV—that's what they're talking about. All of which are drama- are not something we are generally that concerned with until suddenly COVID just changed the world. It's—it's just—it's they're pushing this fear right now on the idea that all of this has nothing to do with the injection. Now on lockdowns in general. To finish off, Ivor Cummings points out a really po- a great pa- paper compilation you should read. Lockdown Hall of Shame, he calls it. Still adding studies. Showing that lockdown was a catastrophic disaster. Now, this is just, again, just every individual part of this was a disaster. I'm beginning to find it impossible there was not a choice made. It's, a, I mean, you, you, you almost, it's almost impossible to accidentally make that many bad choices. That says now scientifically proven beyond any doubt. Number 55 was just added. I'll show you next. That was lockdowns increase even COVID deaths. Here's the actual breakdown. Even the, the Fat Emperor is is posed at the FatEmperor.com. I highly recommend his work. Scientific analyses and papers on lockdown effectiveness. All studies, most peer-reviewed, that all find the same thing. Yeah, guess what, guys? They're about to do it again right now. In spite of the science. Here's the one I was showing you. Lockdowns increase even COVID deaths. Maybe that's exactly why it was chosen. Well, just not necessarily lockdowns, but just restrictions. Still don't work in the context of what we're talking about, if that's even what caused this. But guess what? Cruise ship, another cruise ship, almost like it's all starting all over again. 800 COVID cases. Like there's been other cruise ships that have come and gone since the first discussion, right? What happened with them? Were they completely okay? Were they riddled with cases we didn't talk about it? I find that hard to believe. So is it weird how suddenly, right when they want you to hype the new thing coming up again, they go, another cruise ship. I think that's odd. It could just be coincidence. But they have 800 cases, apparently. Stock in Australia. Well, as plain reality rightly points out, Australian cruise ship, 800 COVID-19 cases or so we're told. Good thing they were all jabbed and tested beforehand, which you can read yourself and find out. Or it would have been worse. <laughs> of course. How I mean? We think about so 900 would have got sick if they were. I mean, think about how stupid that is. That's their argument. would have been worse if we were jabbed? All passengers and crew, negative COVID tests before joining the ship. Passengers and crew over 12 fully injected. But somehow magically it exploded. Either it didn't happen at all and it's a PCR false positives or what they're doing has no effect on any of this. Either way you look at it, it doesn't matter because they don't care. But it is ridiculous that we keep going forward. But the good news is there are plenty of places out there that are pushing back. According to Disclosed TV, four federal states are going to overturn COVID quarantine in Germany. Right, so there's some pushing back here. Saying, look, because that's in Germany, especially, is wild right now. They're still happening in Australia and New Zealand. There's still people in quarantine or lockdown orders. Or, or it's crazy that's still happening, but it is. But some people are standing up. This person says we stand with Ukraine. Is that meant to be a joke? It's funny. But just, and I wanted to include this. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't go through and actually check all to make sure this is accurate. I just want to include it because I saw it. I thought it might be a useful resource. It's called uh, Stop Common Pass. And it's an update. We've reanalyzed 226 countries, territories with info provided by their claiming from the travel UK or UK website. And here's what they found. 133, 133 countries have no COVID border restrictions, 15 remain as jab only for entry so there are still 15 countries out there that are pretending that this stops transmission think about how crazy that is or don't realize that that not stopping transmission destroys the justification for having jab only entry it's just ridiculous but you can go through and there's a lot of good posts in here about you know all the the countries that do this or that i thought it was interesting and a good uh, uh, account that's doing that kind of stuff now finishing off with what we just said about lockdowns and everything else, guess what? Biden's administration to extend the COVID public health emergency. It's weird they framed it as until at least April. That kind of tells me that inside paper doesn't really understand how this works. I'll show you what I mean. But either way, the point is that this is, or rather maybe the media they're talking about doesn't understand how it works. It's probably more likely. This is the 90-day emergency declaration, renewal. We've talked about this many times. And most importantly, how they routinely pass the deadline, which means all the emergency authorized injections and lockdowns and quarantines are illegal in that period where they don't have the emergency. That's an easy fact. The point is that there's no accountability for these people. They don't care. But there's been at least five or six times throughout this process, one that was almost a week long where they just didn't renew it. So that entire week, they were forcing people to do things. They were breaking the law, which, by the way, I argue they are anyway. But this is even within their argument. So the crazy part, first of all, is that we're extending the emergency, despite the fact we're keeping told, as Biden said, it's over, or Fauci says we're not in the pandemic phase. And yet here we are keeping it going. You know why? Well, of course, because of the continued consequences, which is my point I'll get at in a minute, which means this will never, ever, ever end. They still talk about the continued consequences of, of you know, war on terror kind of stuff. Because that's meant to maintain this forever. Here is the Washington Examiner saying Biden's to extend... Biden is going to extend the COVID-19 health emergency, which, by the way, was never an emergency based on every metric before. It's not my opinion. Based on the U.S. government's own breakdown of pandemics, I think it was a, a one through five scale using color coding, we have never reached the level of past one or two based on what they have stated before. They just changed everything, definitions and everything, because COVID, you know, because that makes sense. So based on this, we've never been in that case, but because they altered it, then we have. You know, that's how that works. November 11th, and it says that until April 2023, which is not well, here's what's interesting to me. That's not actually accurate because what we're talking about here would be, oh, technically. Oh, I, well, I'll show you that is accurate. That is accurate because I forgot it goes till January and it's not until I'll show you what I mean. So here's what it says. The public health emergency, which was set to expire on January 11th, which is actually accurate. It's exactly January 11th when 90 days is up. The point is, and what's interesting is the fact that they they make sure to tell you that it expires on January 11th proves my point from before, and I've gone through this. Here's, here's the actual breakdown from the uh, HHS.gov. This is the Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response, which is what the Cat, Robert Cadleck previously was the leader of, the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, but it's the breakdown of all of the stated emergencies and it goes on forever. And, you know, I'll make this point in a second, but the interesting part is specifically this one. They signed on October 13th. Exactly. 90 days is January 11th. So all the other times where they expired on one date and didn't renew it for another five days, they were breaking the law and should be held accountable for that, but they won't. But I want to just make that clear again, because they're making it, it expires. So doing it after that is allowing a time of expiration for the... By the way, I don't think they're allowed to even reinitiate it after that fact, but they don't care about the rules. But it says this will remain in place through the first quarter of 2022 to allow the government, and here's the point, interesting statement, to allow the government more time to offload responsibility for COVID-19 vaccines, tests, antiviral treatments, and other COVID pharmaceuticals to the private sector. Which is good because now they've got indemnity, right? They're not accountable for anything, which is the reality. So they're just going to dump it off onto them, allow them to make massive profits, even though they already, you know, took all your tax dollars to buy billions worth of things that they're now throwing away. It's going to continue anyway. But it says all have provide all have been provided free by the government during health emergency. But that's not true. Your tax dollars are paying for this because they're paying Pfizer. There's no way around that. But it says the emergency declaration was initially declared on January 2020, and has been extended in increments of 90 days since. So that's exactly what we keep telling you, right? But I want to make this very clear to people. First of all, going down to the original part, January 31st, 2020, determination that public health emergency exists nationwide as the result of COVID-19, right? That's what So it's an emergency exists. Therefore, we're declaring a state of emergency, which, by the way, we know that wasn't the case even then. OK, so bringing this forward again throughout many different times, you can note the di- discrepancy between the day of re- the design date and when they renewed it. I won't go through that again today, but go through for yourself. There's at least five examples of at least a day or or up to five days where they just don't. But here was the original declaration of the monkeypox emergency, which really like even right now, seriously, an emergency. Again, it's because of worst case scenarios outweighing balanced risk assessment. Monkeypox could become a problem. Therefore, emergency. That's not how it works. Now you're in a state of emergency for something that never happened. And they didn't do anything to stop that. It just was, wasn't ever a problem. It was something that was guaranteed based on the way it's transmitted. It did not be a problem, but they don't care. But it says determination that a public health emergency exists nationwide as a result of the consequences of monkeypox. So it's interesting that they already said that, but guess what? Again, They just renewed monkeypox as of November 2nd. Renewal of the public state of emergency for monkeypox. Understand how ridiculous that is. Nobody's even talked about it for a week or more. And they're renewing the emergency? Because you are going to stay in a continued state of multiple emergencies forever if we don't stop this. We are in the state of emergency governance. That's where we are. We have been for a long time with the war on terror. It's the same point. This is how this works. But to the point about, oh, by the way, opioid crisis still being renewed, September 29th. Remember that? What do they call it? The the quiet pandemic or whatever they called it, quiet epidemic of opioid crisis. What have they done? Nothing. They, they haven't even held the criminals accountable for doing it. They just happily maintain the emergency because that's what it's really about. For funding, for lack of accountability, for circumventing specific political processes. That's what this is. But to the main point, October 13th, continued consequences of the coronavirus disease. So what, what's the metric there? No one needs to define that. They just go, well, there's stuff happening. COVID-19 is still hurting people. Well, so is the flu. Okay, so do we have an emergency for flu because there's still people that get the flu? No. We know that COVID at this point is even less than the flu based on the previous peer-reviewed science that just came out. So when does it end? Never is the point. They will always point at what they say is long COVID or the possibility that it may come back or the new variant that seems like it may be more transmissible. Is, oh, there's an emergency. That's what this is. It is unjustified. I mean, all you all you need to do is look at the monkeypox claim. The 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 nation with a a nationwide emergency as a result of the continued consequences of monkeypox. Exactly what is that? I would love to see someone stand up and try to justify what the current continued consequences of monkeypox in this country actually is. Or what is it? What's happening? Do we shut hospitals down? No. Hospital beds overwhelmed? No. Is there a, a constant? Is there pandemic spreading? No. Okay, so what's the constant? You get my point. There is no continued consequence. Maybe the idea is that somebody else might get sick, but that's not the point. That is balanced risk assessment being overtaken by Worst case scenarios. The point is, guys, they just re- they're just they going to renew this, apparently, is what they said, until what would it be? Jan- oh, until in- it would be January 11th. And then when they renew that, it'll be 90 days from January 11th. Which is, what is that? From see what that says. 90 days from January 11th. Oh, that says 2018. Me too. Here we go. So April 11th. I mean, I probably could have done that in my head, but the point is, so April 11th is when that would end. So same point said many times. Keep an eye on this. Watch when it doesn't happen. Point it out when it doesn't. At the end of the day, though, they are happy to keep this going if we let it keep going. That's that's what this is. If we allow them to keep this going, it allows them to politically manipulate the situation. It allows them to take more money from you. It allows them to force more control over your life. All of that. It's not what we should be allowing right now. And people, there's a small portion of the population that are still scared. And they hype that as everybody. Stand up. Now, here is Toby Young pointing out between generous loan schemes with little to no anti-fraud checks and rampant welfare fraud. The U.K. government is established to have lost over 37 billion pounds to fraud during the pandemic. Yeah. Oops. Guess we just were as I keep pointing out, guys lost to fraud or defrauded the people the government as you've heard me say many times would always rather be perceived as incompetent than criminal this is one of the largest transfers of wealth in history if not the largest transfer of wealth ever just like in the united states for the third time now well we have these programs for families but we'll make sure no they didn't it got ransacked by all the large companies which as far as i can tell never got held accountable for that at all right they called it out but did anybody get held accountable Anybody go to jail? No, of course not. All that money did not go to small families. We're watching them get put into holes right now. This is the point. We were defrauded based on this idea. I wholeheartedly believe this was an executed plan, like with the BlackRock bailout plan and so on, that was prepared before COVID, yet justified by COVID. Here is John Kerry. Now, I'm going to get into climate change and the direction part of that in the next show. This kind of overlaps there. But as he says, Biden, or this is breaking 911 reports that Biden climate czar John Kerry says, quote, we desperately need the money. There is not enough money in any country in the world to actually solve climate change. So they're upping the game now. We've stolen most of your money. But guess what? We need even more if we're really going to solve climate change. So they're just they're stepping into the next justification for why they're going to take even more money from you. He says it takes trillions, and no government that I know of is ready to put trillions into this on an annual basis. So it's going to come from you. That's what I'm saying. The bottom line is this is what they're saying. So this next step, we're not even barely into it, and people are struggling. It's going to be hard, they tell you, for the right things, but it's all Putin's fault when you really talk about it, right? Do you realize what this will do? They are talking about the dis- wholesale destruction of everything that we currently have for the redesigning, the build back better version of it, which, in between, as even Klaus Schwab has said repeatedly through over the years, throughout the years, will be hard destroy jobs before they rem- build them back. They openly say this before this. So what they're doing here is telling you they're destroying your life so they can make it better for the next generation. If you actually read between the lines, but that's what they're saying. But listen to them for yourself. As I said, in my, when I talk about this, I said, and this is what they're stealing from you right now. That's the money they're talking about. I doubt it's for climate change. They're just taking that argument. But it says, and have been throughout the COVID illusion. They've been continually stealing from you, all while blaming Putin and Trump for all of it. Hashtag Great Reset.
6: Once the rules get fully worked out and everybody's in a comfort place, hopefully this will be implemented because we desperately need the money. There is not enough money in any country in the world to actually solve this problem it takes trillions and no government that i know of is ready to put trillions into this on an annual basis that's what the scientists and nope. the u.n finance reports say we-
2: that i, I have a huge issue with them just generally saying the scientists say that means the people that agree with your narrative that are scientists say that there is an endless amount of people as far as i'm concerned far uh, higher credentialed people out there that are saying this is basic reality the idea of the carbon i mean i've gone to this deep we'll go into the next show but the idea of removing carbon from the atmosphere or whatever they're talking about and done so in the way they're discussing it would be catastrophic for the planet that's not my opinion there's plenty of experts that have spoken up and i'm not talking about completely removing it from the atmosphere or that that's what net zero means i've never made those arguments that was misinterpreted for me before. But the point that there are other experts who listen to exactly what they say, who don't, who, who are saying what they're saying will translate to destruction of what we understand is our society, our life, or the environment, the plants, their human species. Now that's what, the, I, I, there are plenty, I'm actually, pl- oh by the way, I forgot to mention this. I, I have Dane Wigginton coming on the show coming up next week and we're going to talk about all this stuff. What's interesting though, is that they just happily frame it as the science says or the scientists are telling you. That's aimed at the lowest common denominator. And we're not that stupid. Their biggest mistake is always underestimating the intelligence of the American people.
6: We must do two and a half to four and a half trillion every year for the next 30 years.
2: Jeez. So, pretty much for your thir- next 30 years of your life, is all, oh, that goes right into 2050. What do you know? It's almost like they have an, an air- a point they're aiming at. It's all screech, isn't it? No, it's very obvious. It's been discussed long before this. And to finish the show today, Human rights lawyer Leah Dunn stands up against the biosecurity state. She She's very vocal in this clip that I'll play to end the show today. Very vocal. Some might even say aggressive. I agree. But here's the point, guys. Being vocal, even aggressively, in your stance against tyranny is not violence. Don't let them scare you away from speaking out. Right? Talking about school boards and telling them what they are and what they're doing. I don't care if you get, I mean, even if I think it's inappropriate calling them names and so on. That's not violence, guys. That's just you being passionate about your stance and maybe doing so in an inappropriate way, but there's no crime against being inappropriate. The bottom line is they're trying to scare you away from confronting and calling out these people by acting like you doing that is some kind of, you know, that's the vanilla ISIS type in my opinion. It's about being framing your action, or rather your 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 discussion as violence. You're saying these things and that is violence. That's everywhere we look right now. What she's doing here is what we should all be doing. Stand up for yourselves, guys, because this won't stop until we stop it, as we've said many, many times. Thank you for being here today. Continuing to tune in. Share the information. Make sure you check out our Substack. Join up because it is really helping a lot with the T-Labs platform right now and growing. We're getting a lot of support there. Uh, Scott is doing some outstanding work on that platform in general, and we all plan to do more work there in general. And, and the town halls are coming up. And make sure you follow us on Parler. And, and uh, what was the other thing I was going to shout out today? In any case, just continue to support what we're doing, guys. We need your help. And it's not just the TLAF, It's the independent media. Need your help more than ever. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Human
5: rights attorney Lee Dundas. Some years ago, two men sat at a table discussing the most effective way to usher in war. Their decision after discussion was to close non-essential businesses and further quarantine certain members of society to prevent the spread of disease known as typhus. These men's names, Joseph Goebbels and Adolf Hitler, you think you're special. I am here to tell you, you are not. You are the new Fourth Reich. And I have news for you today. We will not be locking down or taking funding over RSV, which 90% of children contract before the age of two and only 100 to 500 a year die, which is a 0.00000472813 death rate. It is four millionths of a percent. Let me add a little bit here. Your whole meeting today was unlawful under the COVID section, sorry, the government sections. Our governor's executive order that allowed you to suspend notice of meeting was specific to COVID, and your agenda item is specific to respiratory syncytial virus. Therefore, under the government code, you are still bound to notice requirements. An emergency under the government code section is defined as crippling activity or other activity which severely impairs public health and safety. And let me Tell you folks a zero point zero 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 four seven eight one four percent death rate is nowhere near an emergency you will not Get more blood money into this county. You will not get more state or federal funding for our hospitals. This is not an emergency. To do so is fraud. You will not mask us like she just talked about doing. You will not quarantine the well or the sick. You will not keep our kids out of school. And damn right, you're not going to cripple our businesses anymore. Do you hear me? We will never lock down again. This is the hill we die on. Because this is America. This is the Constitution of America. And this is freaking freedom. Never again!
7: What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do.
9: Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue.
7: Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your first amendment right to freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. Yeah! When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We called people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lives on in the global health pandemic. But you don't care about that, you didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence in our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people, it was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. You can take a am right now, too. Easy. easy, easy. Hey, baby, stop! Stop
4: joking. Stop joking me, bro. Stop stop stop. 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 Help! Stop. Help, man. This shit ain't right, bro.
7: Stop. This shit right. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people. Is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government.
6: Look, look, look.
7: We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard.
9: We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home.
2: So, you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is, a, is
1: pulled under your you nose. A note that says, I, I don't have to bring off. a note,
4: and yours isn't even on.
1: You just do whatever you want to do.
4: It's America, right? Listen, out. I cannot wear a
7: mask.
5: out.
7: Do not let your voices be silenced.